now, introducing the man who threw up in the paper tray and crapped in the refrigerator after his Monday morning debauchery. He's never drinking again, or so he says. He is Glenn Clark. All right, we're going to put the finishing touches on what happened yesterday because I don't much want to talk about it. I thank you for those of you that donated. That's the important part. We raised uh, over $500 uh, for Jeremy Kahn and for the Perry Hall basketball program so he can uh, do something nice for those kids that have been through uh, so much over the last year or two due to the uh, COVID pandemic. So that's the part that matters. That's the part I'm excited about. Thank you all for donating. I also can't believe we actually got through the entire movie. We nailed it. We did Well, we nailed it is probably not the right, right term, but we, we got through it, and that's the moral of the story. I was informed that I screamed a lot. I don't remember that, but that sounds about right for me. I don't remember much after about the first I like I remember the show happening. I remember getting mushy at one point talking about how much I love Jeremy cuz he is genuinely a friend of mine. Um and and I do genuinely love the man. So I I and that's that's very much a me thing when I'm drunk. I very much get mushy. Kyle, you've been to the Pig Roast a few times. Have you ever been to the Kyle Andrews is here this morning. Uh have you have you ever gotten to the part of the night where I started getting mushy because i was drunk oh absolutely yeah I mean, you, you came over and gave me like a gigantic hug one time that well but like, i would do that yeah, sober well, I mean, yeah that would sober, do that sober but you also were like it was the words that you said yeah as well yeah well i mean I, yeah. by the way i think in terms of being a drunk far better to be the emotional mushy drunk than the the other type of drunk i feel like that's a that's a better thing to be in those moments is to be the guy that just tells you how much he loves you. Oh, I thousand percent agree with that. I would much rather you be like that instead of the guy that tries to fight me and right. throw it, me over a, uh, you know, the bar stool. Right. And Correct. Stuff, so, yeah. Cor- and I hope that I'm never that person. I hope that that continues to be the case. Um, so, yeah, apparently that happened at one point yesterday. I got a little emotionally mushy drunk. And then this is a true story. I puked for the first time after the show. Then I went to that couch, I passed out, I gave uh, Leah, who runs our office, I gave her my keys, I said, you know, like, hey, hold on to these until the point at which I wake up, and then she had to come, she had like five o'clock, she came and woke me up and she said, I'm leaving, (laughs) I'm going to have to give you your keys back, because it's time for me to go, I said, what time is it? She said, it's five o'clock, I said, how long have I been passed out? She said, oh, about three and a half hours. <laughs> said, my, <laughs> my. So I think that's where drunk ran into sleep deprived. I think those two ran into each other uh, during the course of the day yesterday. Uh, and then I proceeded to go back to the bathroom and puke some more. Then like, got myself together, realized I was okay to go home. Like, Realized I was all right. You know, I'd slept it off. Got home. And then puked some more. So, just an all-around great day for your boy. And I swear, we're not, I'm not... The point yesterday for this exercise was that we were going to get drunk to do this table read. We can do more drinking shows. I'm not getting drunk. I'm not... Do, I don't care for... I don't, get, I don't drink at all. Like, at all anymore. I drink the day of the pig roast. And, and, and yesterday. And that's the list of times I, I've, I've drank at all this year. Um, I will do that again next year. I'll drink the day of the pig roast, and I will drink uh, for a drinking show, but I ain't getting drunk again. I hate being drunk. I absolutely hate being drunk. So um, that won't happen again. But I uh, hope you all enjo- enjoyed. Enjoyed? I believe it's the first. Enjoyed. <laughs> 
um, yesterday's program and, and more than anything, thank you all for all of your donations. It's incredible. Glenn Clark got emotional and yelled, color me shocked. Yeah, I mean, well, no, no, but the two are unrelated. I, oh, no, I, I know. No, I, I yell, like, uh, performatively. Mm-hmm. Like, when we're doing the, like, when Jeremy was, when somebody screwed up, I was screaming, I was like, botch, botch, like I did that bit, right? Right. Uh, and although I lost the botch game by far. Uh, apparently, Jeremy tried to stop me from consuming all of the King Cup. I just was at a point of inebriation. <laughs> he said, screw it. He, he was like, because we had apparently agreed ahead of time that we just had to try the King Cup. Like, we didn't have to drink the entire thing. And I drank the entire, I consumed the entire King Cup, which is really the downfall what, of the day. What all was in there? Oh, he had put everything. He had brought this. I mean, you guys, thank you for watching, by the way. Appreciate the support, boys. I, I had family stuff going. Yeah, okay. On. All right, you think that gets you out of things? Stepbrother, Jeez. I hadn't seen. You didn't have all kids. all day. It's not like because you know the show's only. Of course, we don't post it anywhere after it's live. There's no way that you could have gone back and watched it afterwards. That's a great point that you made. <laughs> I will watch Jeez. today. Um, there was the Pablana. I don't remember. It was it was a bunch of stuff. It was a day. It was a day. we had a day, but um. I'm all right. I'm all right. Lots of ibuprofen when I got home. Lots of water. I couldn't eat dinner because at that point it was going to come back up. And that was very awkward because we sat down as a family and the boys were like, Dad, why are you not eating? And I was like, well, well. And so we taught them about alcohol last night. We talked to them about poison. We had that conversation with my six and four-year-old. And then, um, and then I proceeded to go back to the bathroom for one more visit. One more trip to the toilet. Uh, to end the evening, it was uh, it was quite the day. So, but thank you, thank you, thank you. We will not be doing that again. Coming up on the program today, as I mentioned, Kyle is here. We're going to talk to him. Uh, also later on in the program, our weekly visit with Patrick Stevens. Of course, talk some uh, Terps college hoops. The Maryland is actually supposed to play tonight. They had to switch opponents, which is a bummer for all my friends at Loyola. They're not able to get that game. So instead, it'll be Lehigh who comes to College Park tonight. Um, and there are some other games that are scheduled to happen, but. It just doesn't look good. It does not look good whatsoever. Um, we'll talk to Patrick about all that. And in uh, later on in the show, we think that Dan Wilcox is going to catch up with us to talk some Ravens as well. So that's coming up on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by your Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. You got? You want to hold that up? You want to show everybody? Yeah. Thank you to our friends at uh, Chick-fil-A. As, uh, I went over there. I took When I tell you this, this is like the old hair club for men. I'm not just uh, the the president. I'm also a client, right? Like I am very much someone who uses Chick-fil-A catering. Uh, try Chick-fil-A catering from Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options. Size perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. I've said before, like my favorite thing, we used to, I, I don't know if you guys are still doing your New Year's plans or not. And maybe the fact that you're going to be forced to stay at home is a better scenario for this. I will forever give my cousin Justin credit. One year for New Year's, he said, I'm going to do chicken and waffles. I said, man, that's a big get-together. That's, that's quite, what are you, a chef now? Like, what the hell, dude? But what he really did was he got Chick-fil-A nuggets and mini, like, Eggo waffles. <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, it was a 10 and a half. It was a, ten, it was a hit at uh, New Year's that year. So uh, I would encourage you that if you're uh, if you're going that route. 
with um, with your New Year's celebration this year. Kyle Andrews, it's great to see you, my friend. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Good yeah. to have you back in studio. For those people that don't know, Kyle, Kyle, years ago, what year were you an intern here at Press? So I was Play? an intern in uh, 2015. Was all, it really that long ago? Yeah, I know, right? Oh, I was uh, wet God. behind the ears, had... Uh, Still have no facial hair, barely. But, uh, you know, just um, I was, I was young. I was like 20. I think I was 21. Yeah, I was 21 wow. back then. Wow. So you interned here, and then you were working at a radio station that was based in Virginia, but, like, you were working up well, here. Yeah, so pretty much what I was doing was that I was working remotely, and uh, yep. I covered the Orioles for them, um, and I uh, – Joe Serpico and I, uh, another friend of ours, he, uh, we, we both went from, uh, we were working with Fansided, then we went to the radio station in Virginia, then uh, I ended up at uh, 105.7 yep. after a while. And you were covering the Ravens there. Yeah, that was fun. And um, then I went to the Sun for, a, uh, for two years practically and uh, covered high school. Now I'm covering high school still and covering Penn State football, so... That's been going and and well. and what's the name of the the publication? I don't even C- Center Cent- Daily Times. Center Daily Times. Yes, and that's based out of State uh, College. Yeah, out of State College. Okay, so you've had quite the journey. Oh yeah. And I use you as an example every every time we get to the end of a semester. You know, you probably remember this from when you were an intern. I like to take all the interns to um, Blue Pit down the street. Unfortunately, that hasn't been an option the last couple of semesters for various reasons. So we've been doing these via Zoom, and every time we have a conversation, I bring up your name. I say I, the most important thing that you can learn from an internship is to make connections. It's the most important thing you can do in this business. This is a networking industry. Uh, it's a networking and transcribing industry, frankly. That's, if you want to work in this industry, you've got to be networking and you've got to be transcribing. Those are the two things that you're going to be doing constantly, and I say that all the time. And I regularly bring your name up because I give an example of someone that, that networked beyond networked. And you did it in such an authentic way it's it's not like when I I bet when I say that you were networking, you might say to you, I wasn't networking, but you were. You were just creating relationships. Yeah. That's what you do. And you created relationships with everyone, everywhere you went. And I'm guessing part of that is just sort of who you are and the way that it works. But this is what I've always said about Kyle. Kyle, you you're you know who you're my friend uh, AJ Francis. You can't be in Kyle's life and not have a relationship. That's the way that that's the way that you operate. Like you just create relationships with everybody you know, everybody you come across. It's a really remarkable thing. And and how significant have you found that to be as you've pursued this career that you've been working in? Oh yeah, I feel like it's big. Um, you know, I, I just think a lot of that has to do with uh, you know, how I was raised. My mom is very great at uh networking. So, you know, that's something I learned as a as a kid to be like, uh, you know, I always aspired to kind of be like my mom in that respect. But also, I'm just really extroverted, you know. I right. mean, everybody always knows that I love talking. You Which know? is a quali- a good quality to have in this industry, yeah. by the way. It's very difficult when it goes the other way. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I talked to, um, I, I forgot who it was. Uh, I think one time me and, it was, it was a conversation I was having with, uh, you know, I can't. I can't exactly remember who it was, but it was somebody. Yeah, it was Terrell Suggs. Okay. And uh, Terrell Suggs was like, "Geez, 
you talk so much. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you yeah, said that all, about me. Yeah, of all the guys, of all so, the yeah, human beings to but, say that. <laughs> but yeah, like when when that imagine, happened, I was just Terrell like, Suggs saying. I was that. just like, man, if I don't I, know <laughs> a human being that talks more than Terrell Suggs. My that, God, that's why it cracked me up so much because I was just like, man, if he's saying that about me, maybe I need to talk less. And other people are like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, because I think he was just, you know. Busting my chops. Yeah, he bit, was good but, at that, yes. But uh, yeah, you know, it was just learning to kind of connect a, a bunch of different people. Like, you go, you know, for instance, too, I mean, I had to grow up around a bunch of different people. Like, I went to Winfield Elementary School uh, in Randallstown. Then I went over to Pikesville Middle School. And so, Pikesville is a little bit different. You know, yeah, a little bit of the community is slightly different now. Mount St. <laughs> Joe, right. which is. Totally different. I, I, I was to yeah. understand from some of my friends in Pikesville that the uh, Chinese restaurants were overflowing on Christmas Day yes. in Pikesville. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it's funny because, um, you know, then I go from St. Joe to going to McDaniel, and that that's totally different, too. Sure. I mean, I've been in so many different situations my whole life that I've had to kind of adapt to, you know, what other people are doing or other people have had to, to adapt to me. So I've like kind of learn more from people and some people pick some things up for me but i feel like over time i've learned so much from you know all the different that's people cool. that i've met so yeah that's that's the main reason why I like you know doing what i do and uh you know i make good friends i mean you guys are definitely a perfect example of that and i appreciate that and you know that's why we're still yeah you know, 100 percent this day uh-huh. kyle, all, kyle for those for those other. of you that don't know kyle kyle got cancer right Hi, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing great. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I do not have it anymore. Yeah, that's so what I thought. <laughs> glad. So Kyle calls me to tell me about his cancer, and the first thing he says to me is, bro, don't worry, I'm going to be at the pig row. <laughs> I said, Kyle, I got to be honest with you. In this conversation, the least of my concerns. <laughs> the least of my concerns. Um, and I love that story. It's one of my favorite stories to tell about you, the quality of human being that you are. Uh, best advice, because we're going to talk sports, but best advice that you have for somebody that has been dying to get into this industry and more to do it as their j- Like a lot of people have found a way to like do a podcast or do a, you know, a blog or something like that, but haven't been able to make it their living, right? Like best advice that you would give to someone or someone whose kid is maybe sitting at home right now, home from college, or trying to make a decision about what they want to do after high school, best advice you could give to them about pursuing this dream? Reach out to other young journalists that have, you know, done it differently. You know, I think I think too many times that what I see a lot of times is that, you know, you'll see younger journalists that maybe didn't go to a J school. Like, for instance, I didn't go to a J school, but you know, I reached out to a bunch of people. But oddly, he did go to a Jewish school. It's really <laughs> weird how that works. Like, very strange. When he says he didn't go to J school, he just told us he went to Pikesville Middle. It's very strange. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I mean, I, I knew so many people that didn't necessarily follow the same route as, you know, I guess the traditional route. Or I, or I met people that did follow the traditional route. It was just that people taught me different things over the yeah. time. That I was in, you know, that I was learning. I mean, I went to went to McDaniel, then I transferred to University of Baltimore. So I mean, I, I go to UB, and I'm, I mean, I had never been a, I mean, a journalism major. I was an English major the whole time. Um, I had no experience in radio, and I just kept building connections. And I think that's the best thing that you can do is, you know, build connections, get to learn from different people, 
you know, be open to things. You know, you're not always going to do exactly what you want to do. Um, I can tell people that, um, you know, when you break into the field, you can't expect to be an NFL reporter right off the bat, for most people anyway. Now, if you have some people that are a little bit more talented than I am. Nah, I, I mean, would, well, it, sometimes it's just about, <laughs> it's just a, like the luck of the draw sometimes. You just happen to be the person that was was in a role when somebody else left, right? It's like yeah. any other business, you know, it, it, Journalism is frustrating, right? Oh, yeah. like, and you and I have talked about that a great deal over the years. It's a very frustrating industry. But sometimes, it's another piece of advice I always give our interns: like, don't don't look at someone else and allow that to become a jealousy thing or to to make you. Th- You're going to see somebody else in a role and say, "I know I'm more talented than them. I know I'm." It's not. It's not always a reflection of you. Literally, sometimes it's just this person was in this position and somebody else left the job they were in, and you were just the person that was sitting there. And they were like, "Hey, somebody's got to go cover the game on Sunday. You go do it." And then that they just left the person in that role because they were the person that was there. It's the and that happens in industry, right? Oh, like yeah. in industry, people get opportunities sometimes because they're just the person that's sitting there. Um, Ryan Shell, who is still working in radio to this day, was my producer once upon a time. Literally just happened it happened to be that the semester that he was interning at the radio station with no real clue of as to what he wanted to do for a living, it just so happened to be that that was when we let um, or that when one of the, the the main producer left the radio station. And so he was the guy that was sitting there and they were like, somebody's got to produce these shows tomorrow. All right, kid, congratulations, you're doing it. And you know, a decade later, he's working in Charlotte and I think he's doing like political talk now, which is a very bizarre scenario. But um, <laughs> he's also another McDaniel guy too. He is. Or that's I right. Guess, that's yeah. right. Absolutely. Or was, was he McDaniel there when guy. it was? Well, he wasn't there when it was Western. I don't Maryland. think so. I think it was, like it was right McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, I think it was McDaniel then. Um, but these are the things. Sometimes it's just you happen to be the person that was sitting in the building at that point. It's not always a reflection of talent. And it's unfortunate. Look, I wish the world was a meritocracy. I wish that was the case. I'm not sure if that would treat me all that well personally. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I might be in the exact same position that I'm in. Um, but it's not, unfortunately. Like nothing about this industry is always a meritocracy. So um, it's something that I constantly talk about with young people. I will tell you that Kyle is one of the main reasons that I'm here now. Oh yeah. He and I did a podcast with Vasilius, uh, who was my original um, Vasilius. He was my original co-host on the Bat Around briefly when we first started after I took over for Stan. Um, and before that. Uh, they had a podcast they were doing. They invited me on to talk a little bit about the Orioles. And afterwards, they were giving me advice. And Kyle said, you need to network. And he told me, Glenn Clark is a great guy yeah, to reach out bro. to. And I reached out to Glenn. And Glenn brought me in. They interviewed me. And they gave, they offered me a producer role in the bat around. And things just took yeah, off like, for there. So, I, you you were the guy. When when we had an opportunity come up, you were the guy that was. Now, I'm not trying to say you didn't get it by merit, by the way. I'm not trying <laughs> no, to say no. that. Like, but that's the way it worked. Like oh, it, yeah. it was natural for that to be the case. Yeah, and some guys too. I mean, look, look at Vasilios now. Like he went from he was at WBAL. Now he's down at uh, Fox Eight in uh, New Orleans as the I guess like as one of the main sports producers down there. At the kind end. of the Chris DeShield yeah. of, of 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 New Orleans. By the way, what oh, yeah. what a great place! I saw you were down there. God, oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. The food, oh my it's god, the greatest the city in the country. Oh, the I love that place love so gumbo. much, bro. Where all did you go when you were down there? So we went to uh, we went to Bourbon Street, of course. What you have mean? to go to Bourbon yeah. Street. Um, so we also went. Did you to, get a little Drago's oysters? I did not. Oh, I, I Kyle, up. I'm going back down right. soon, sooner Yo. rather than later. When you going? So. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm telling you, it's my. Well, I gotta I gotta right. catch up with Alex Woodward while I'm down there too, because he was in Is Mississippi. He oh, okay. Yeah, so say. he he may make that move to New Orleans eventually. I hope he does. Best, but uh, It is the best city. Yeah. The best he's, city he's in America. not too far away, though. I love that so, place so bad, man. The food. The it's, food is just... 
The, like, and, well, the, the nice thing about it is you eat so much food, but you walk the entire time, yes. right? Like you're just walking. I walked constantly. about twenty thousand steps uh, the first day that I, I was I, there, I, like, and I barely went outside of the house. I, we all we did was just go to Bourbon Street, walk back and forth down Bourbon Street multiple times. Somebody, uh, people were doing a lot of extracurricular. Yeah, of course they were. Of That's course what they do. Yes, yeah. it's, you're in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time, but uh, people, you know, it was it was funny. Um, one at one point we got pelted in the head with bees. All right, Did, so what, what, was, were you were you, were you no, flashing it? Were you showing your? All right. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely not. But somebody somebody like threw beads. They were trying to throw them down to somebody else, and then they hit me in the head. Uh, at one point, but so. you're a very large man oh, yeah, it's, for it's what hard. it's worth. It's Kyle. hard. Not <laughs> to It'd be very difficult I mean, to miss you. I am six foot seven. <laughs> right. I only mention it five hundred times <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a day on Twitter. But uh, I don't know how you fly for what it's worth. It was, yeah, my legs. Uh, are uh, a former mess. former Kyle would joke about flying, right? Like, and how if Kyle Ottenheimer, who of course perished, it's very sad. Um, <laughs> although it was nice to hear from him when Antoine Wesley scored a touchdown. He and I had quite the reunion on Saturday night when Antoine Wesley scored a touchdown because. Uh, Kyle was uh, Kyle Ottenheimer was famous for making these proclamations that were just absurd for no reason. He would just make these proclamations like he would say the year uh, the the year the Browns went winless. He's like they're gonna win six games next year, and I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> you're just <laughs> saying that? Like, why do you say? I think they won two. Or, I don't even know what it was. Maybe it was the year I think they, they did. won one. Was it one? I think they won one game. Was, like, like it was just he would just do these things. And by the way, he like he was very much right about Patrick Mahomes. Like the year Patrick Mahomes was in the draft, he was like, that kid's gonna be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm like, dude, settle down. Like, let him play. I mean, he might have gotten that one right. Like that one might have been true. But he had all these other. And for whatever reason, he came in one day raving about how Antoine Wesley was gonna solve the Ravens' wide receiver problems. And it was because, like, I want to say Steve Smith said something nice about him in uh, a media. He's like, dude, did you hear what Steve Smith was saying about Antoine Wesley? I'm like, bro, what What do you think Steve Smith is going to say when he's asked about one of the other wide? That guy sucks. Like, what do you <laughs> think he's going to say? He's like, no, dude, it was the way he said it. You don't understand. This guy's going to be good. Like, <laughs> all right, bro, Antoine Wesley. And I had forgotten about it until Kyle's last day when someone started messaging us. I brought him. I was like, dude, who was the receiver? People started messaging us. Like, you were in love with Antoine Wesley. So, of course, he caught a touchdown for the Cardinals on Saturday night. And we literally, at the exact same time, messaged each other, Antoine Wesley, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I texted him. He tweeted me. It was the exact same time. It was a very cute moment. Um, but Kyle would talk about, because Kyle was a big guy, he would talk about how unpleasant it was to fly. I can only fathom. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Because yeah. Kyle was, like, maybe about – Two or three inches shorter than me. I yeah. Mean, he, or is, but uh, yeah, I don't think you're right. Like well, no, he perished. Yeah, he perished. He's gone. Well, that's he, the way it works. Acting like he's, he got obliterated. Like no, it was, no, unfortunately, uh, that's the way it works. Like worked. a Dragon Ball Z character. It was. When they, yes. You know, oh like, well, no, it was a snap situation. <laughs> he got Thanos snapped and he was gone. <laughs> and that was the way that it went. But yeah, like uh, I mean, yeah, it's terrible. It's it's awful. And and even funnier was that you guys will not. You guys will laugh at me if I tell you what airline I flew. If back. you say the word spirit, I'm no, you didn't. No, no, no. Yes. You know what's bad too? My friends work for Southwest Airlines. Well, dude. and and I didn't take Southwest. They 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 told me they were like, okay, Kyle, you flown Southwest 
every time you flown. Why in the F why did would you, you take Spirit? And well, I'm I get like, it. It's cheap. I do yeah. understand that, but still, that was, that was why. It's, it was yeah. It's cheap, but it's also soul crushing. Yeah, it was, like it was you soul want, crushing. And it, the and the you felt how started, I like, felt when I woke up on the couch at five o'clock yesterday. Yes, and I didn't even have a sip of alcohol while yeah. I was on the flight, <laughs> which is I mean because one God. probably costs like fifty bucks to get a get a sip of anything on that flight because everything costs extra money. There's something you want to be some said. Water. You're you're not as old as I am. Paul is basically as old as I am. There is there is something about reaching the age where you don't just have to do things like where you really will make a decision. Either you're going to do it a certain way or you're not going to do it. Like if you can't afford to do this, you're just not doing it. Mm -hmm. I am not. I will never again in my life do something like flying Spirit Airlines. That will never. If if I can't afford a real flight. I will just simply not go. I will not be attending whatever it is the event that we're See, talking I about. I could have afforded a real flight. I was just being cheap, which is, I mean. Okay, that's even worse, bro. Yeah, like, that, that is it, even I mean, worse. Look, God. I, part of it was that. Here's another one. I will not sit in the upper deck for a stadium concert. Okay, that's like, fair. If, I, I won't do that I either. If, 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 yeah. if, I'm trying to think of the if, if, uh, bands that I've seen in the stadium. I saw U2 when they came to M&T Bank Stadium. I saw Billy Joel when they came to M&T Bank Stadium. And like both those shows I was down I was down for. I tried the last, I don't know, years upon years ago. I, I would never do that again. I would never sit. I, I don't really know that I would do it for an arena show any longer. I don't. It would ha- you'd have to tell me what it is to, for me to be convinced that I might. But I would not. Now, I feel differently about sports. To some extent. Like, I'll still sit in the upper deck for a baseball game. Mm-hmm. I'd probably still sit in the upper deck for a football game, but I'd have to think about it. I mean, I don't go to NFL games. I won't go to NFL games anymore because it's just – so probably – too much stuff going on. I, there's too many drunks, man. I just yeah. can't. It's ever, ever since I went in the press box and then I went back outside – By the way, I, w- I don't want to go to the press box either Oh yeah, for NFL games. I have no interest in being anywhere near an NFL Look, game. Look, if they give me the crab cakes, I'm fine with them. <laughs> I mean, the crab cake press – I mean, The Ravens treat you incredibly well. It's unbelievable how the Ravens – treat the people that cover them but they've always like they they give me crap all the time they're like why don't you come back to games i'm like because i have to walk through a mountain of drunks i ha- I just I'm, I'm uninterested i'm uninterested in going i see every week there's a new video about drunks fighting somewhere oh, yeah. every freaking week there's a new one every week look i'll, I'll happily fight a red sox fan though Okay, well, you're also <laughs> six seven we've already well, been through this well, i'm I mean, not interested look, in that part of my life any longer well, I never told. I don't think I ever told you this story. I went to a Ravens, the Ravens Patriots game in 2019. The okay, yeah. and um, you can the Sunday you, night game. Yeah, yeah. And you, you which smell, by the way, like if I ever were to go to a game, it sure as f will not be a primetime game. I love the primetime. No, games. everybody drinks all day. Yeah, it is the drunkest, true. drunkest, drunkest crowd you could get. The, so I'm sitting about two thirds of the way up the maybe halfway up of the upper deck yeah. in the end zone. Yeah. With next to my lovely wife. And yeah, you he's smell learning. He's, he's learning. Normally he would just say Laura and then I'd be like, dude, you have to remind everybody who she is. People don't it could be a singer Laura Brannigan. People just don't know. <laughs> Me and Laura Brannigan, we go yeah, way right. back. I don't know who that is. She's um, a singer. She I didn't, she did a song. Right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Would she did Gloria? Is that who that is? She might have done true? Gloria. Let me do, I'll double check on that. Go ahead. So all you can smell is vomit. Oh my god. That's 100%. all that's all you can smell and I'm like this is this isn't just like maybe a little bit this is like a lot of vomit that you oh can smell. God. So yeah. I get up and I I'm go, out. and I go to the bathroom and as I'm walking down I see a guy sitting there in his aisle seat with his feet 
in his own vomit. Yes, you oh did. And, and we're, we're, yeah, talk, you did. we're talking about a lot of vomit. So oh. I go to the bathroom. I come back, and this guy's just sitting. His, his eyes are basically crossed. He's so drunk. Sitting in a puddle of his own vomit. I looked at him. I said, you need to leave. Yeah. I was like, this, I was like <laughs> yeah, you need help. I, I said, you're sitting in your own vomit. And everybody in this section, like, this is disgusting. And he just stared at me. Like, like I didn't have it in me to just let it go. Like, like I was so disgusted by this man. How do you, A, vomit in a stadium, B, vomit where you're sitting, and C, continue to sit in the vomit the rest of the game? And he didn't move. He just sat there in a puddle of his own vomit. That's, that's why I think my idea of... Like, I had an idea a long time ago. I, I don't know if you all are following what's going on with soccer in, in the States, but uh, the USL is thinking about switching their league time to, you know, to be like fall, like, you know, the European leagues where they're running through the fall, winter, yeah, and yeah, spring. Yeah, yeah. And so one of my ideas was that if Baltimore were to get a team, they could play, you know, they could play it like in the morning. You know, they, they play in the morning and then the Ravens game, they play at Camden Yards. Then so you go over and then you watch that afterwards. I mean, yeah, I, it sounds yeah, great to me. That would be insane. Sounds, sounds well, great to me. But it would be horrible for the for the public intoxication that would be Such going on during that time. Such Could you imagine, bro, a fully packed Camden Yards yeah. for a soccer game, and then all those people go over to the Ravens bro. game right after? I, I just, I, I mean, I'm, it, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Look, I love soccer. I love soccer, soccer too. Yeah, I, I would 100. percent one Baltimore should get a World Cup game. Well, I'm just hopefully, hopefully. I don't feel great about it, but hopefully. I mean, they, Baltimore would be involved in the World Cup in some way, but I'm hopefully hoping they get because just of games. a game. I, I tell you where I will go, however, to hang out is li- the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Kyle Andrews is with us here this morning. Um, so, I, you know, I do want to talk a little sports, but because you covered uh, the Big Ten this year, you're on top of it. I, I want to get your perspective on – I wrote a column a couple weeks ago about Maryland and and getting bowl eligible and whether or not you can actually consider that an accomplishment, if it's really something to be celebrated. And I said, given all of the circumstances, given everything, you know, the totality of everything we're talking about, given, you know, the fact that this is a Maryland program that is just a couple years removed from may the worst tragedy in, 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 in modern times in sports – and a new coaching staff having to come in, take over, and given that they're coming off, you know, the absurdities of the co- the pandemic, um, all of these, when you consider everything and what they're up against in their own division, I was willing to say, look, I'm not throwing a parade for it, but as far as a step in the trajectory, yeah, I think it's worth noting and saying it is some accomplishment of some sort. It required them to win some real games this year. They had to beat West Virginia. They had to go to Illinois and beat them. Like, they had to win some actual games this year in order to get to six wins. They couldn't get six wins against just Rutgers and, and, and crap teams. They had to win a game or two. Not against, you know, they didn't beat their best opponents, uh, but they had to win some real games. The, the fear that I have is that's not going away. Like, it's not like next year suddenly that division is going to be any more winnable. Uh, Michigan State gave a billion dollars to Mel Tucker to try to make sure that like they stay as a real threat moving forward, and we know Ohio State ain't going anywhere. You know, Michigan finally breaks through with Jim Harbaugh this year, and and clearly, you know, James Franklin stays at Penn State moving forward. They're not going anywhere. So I I, I want to get your perspective on 
I believe in Mike Loxley. I believe in that he has this program headed in the right tra- trajectory. But I am very concerned that like there's a cap to it, and there isn't really next necessarily a next level for the Maryland football program to move to. Well, I'll tell you what. I think there is a next level just because based off of you know recruiting in the area and uh, also going elsewhere. I think I think some of the things that uh, you know, for instance, like I look at Penn State. And Penn State's getting a lot of the high, you know, the upper echelon guys in Maryland. Um, Mike Loxley's starting to fight off James Franklin for that, and we all know James Franklin's history. Finally made an inroad at St. Francis yeah. this year, mm-hmm. and doing a doing a pretty good job of that. I mean, he he's gotten kids at Maryland. I mean, at McDonough, you know, mm-hmm. Preston Howard's going there. That's Preston's going to be a really good weapon for Maryland, I think, down the line. I'm not just saying that because he's a kid that I covered. But I, I saw what he can do just in terms of, uh, you know, he played quarterback, but he's probably going to be a tight end. I mean, this kid, if he if he lines up six foot six, 230 pounds, I mean, you could use him as an X wide receiver. You could use him as a as a slot guy, uh, you know, just a, as a tight end that's going to work the slot. And then also an inline tight end. I mean, he he's talented. And the thing is, I mean, Maryland's only going to get better at recruiting, I think. Defensive line-wise, they added a lot in the 2021 class. We also have to remember that Terrence Lewis tore his ACL before the season even started. I Mm -hmm. mean, that kid's super talented. Oh, but he's out. He transferred out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Um, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I say unfortunate. I've I've, I've reported this. I've talked to a few sources that think that that it's – it was just never going to work for Terrence Lewis in Maryland. Like, it was just never going to be a thing. And that internally, they were not disappointed when he chose to transfer out, unfortunately. I mean, and I still, you know, I don't wish wish any harm, and they might be wrong, right? Like, it might very well be these kids. Yeah, you never know. But um, I was, you know, I I, I just... Some schools just aren't, you know, good fits for certain players. Like, I mean, that's why, you know, this whole transfer portal thing, all these people are chiming in on it. I'll tell you what. If coaches can go wherever they want, oh, yeah. I have no issue with the kids going wherever they want. I, the, I mean, the, it, the complaint it, that like it's created free agency, I'm like, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Like that's the concept. You nailed it. Yeah. It's, it's exactly right. It's created free agency, and yeah, some kids might make a choice and later regret it. Like that might be the case, but that's how the world works. Yep. Like that's. I, I don't know if you know this. I could. This is crazy. I went to UMBC for a year, and then I transferred away from UMBC. It's crazy. And I wasn't a football player. And I was able to do that because I wanted to. Yeah. It's amazing how that works. Yep. That, I mean, like, we, we both are products of transfer. Yes. You know? Like, I mean, if you, don't, if you don't fit at a school, if you don't feel like you fit the culture of a school or if the culture of the school doesn't fit you, then, you know, I have no problem with you leaving. I mean, it's a ton of kids that transferred from Penn State this uh, this off season. Um, but I mean, it's you know, it happens. It just it, happens. It, and look, college football does have another problem. It's awkward the wind with the December recruiting window. Like, I think you guys know that a few bowl games have been canceled. Um, one of them was the Hawaii Bowl last week, and part of it was COVID. But admittedly, a lot of it was that like some like twenty kids transferred from Hawaii, and so they just had a a depleted roster. It's an awkward thing where the season's still going on. Like, and we talked about it with the Notre Dame thing. I don't care that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. It doesn't affect me in any way. And a lot of people at Notre Dame think they might be better off for it, right? Like, I don't care about Notre Dame, so it's not my thing. Um, but it's but awkward that they could have been playing for the in the playoff. Like, that they were one more, one more team loses, 
Uh, if Michigan loses to Iowa in the Big Ten in the Big Ten championship game, Notre Dame's playing in the playoff, and their coach is taking it. Like it's just an awkward thing for college football that like the season is still going on, and yet players and coaches are all leaving when the regular yeah. season, and they got to figure something out about that. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what Maybe the answer they need is. To change the window. Yeah, I, I mean, the I, recruiting window is the reason why the coaches, because yeah. they open that December signing day, that's the reason why all these schools want to have their coaches in place is for the December mm-hmm. signing day period. Because of spring football. I think that's the biggest thing is because spring football is right around the corner and they want to have everything set up before spring football. Either that or they just need to start the yeah. season earlier. So, or, I don't know. I don't know what they need. Well, I, mean, I think the argument would be you need to start it later so that you get you run up yeah. closer to the start of the bowl season so the bowls just feel like a continuation okay, of the yeah. season I mean, or something uh, like yeah. that. It's, but it's awkward as hell. I mean, it's awkward as hell. Um, and obviously the COVID thing is, is a problem on top of it. And somebody would say, I don't really care about the bowls. And I get it. Like, I get it. I get not caring about the bowls. But still, you know, you know, it's what it is. All right, um, we got a lot to do still on the show today. Kyle Andrews is here. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Kyle J Andrews underscore. Don't do that on Instagram, by the way. Somebody hacked my Instagram. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that the old one anyway. Wait, so, I mean, were they trying to be a fake you or well, were they? Well, apparently, um, you know, I I told. Well, I made a TikTok about it. Were they sending out like? <laughs> were they sending out Instagrams? They were like the the Golden Knights suck. The Coyotes are the best. Oh, wow. that, is no, that what they were doing? Absolutely not. No, um, no one has ever sent that. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that no. has never occurred. Yeah, especially not in the hit, past couple of All years. Right, settle down. Settle. I don't need it. I don't need it from you. I don't need it from you. God, everybody. There's nothing people love doing. The day that the story came out about the Coyotes not paying their their rent, not paying taxes, oh, no one has ever cared about the Arizona Coyotes. I'm the only human being on the planet that loves it. 6,000 people sent me. I'm like, bro, I know. Thank you. <laughs> you better you've, ask Kevin Durant to hurry up with never, that uh, Oh, yeah, right? Go buy, build a new <laughs> arena for me. God, Jesus. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, anyway, Kyle, Kyle's a big Golden Knights fan, which is weird. It's we, we've, We dealt with the, the fandom thing with you. I mean, You're, yeah, it's a weird. But, but that's the only. Here's the thing. The Golden Knights at all. But we also team. know that Paul's a front runner. We know that he's a terrible human being. The that roots for all no. So we're not. It's what yeah, it is. It's all the local teams plus the Golden Knights plus, ironically enough, another Golden team, the Golden Bears. And very weird. Like, but do, uh, do very I see weird. a Pittsburgh Pirates sticker on your water bottle? Well, I went to Pittsburgh. So all the places that I've gone, I've gotten like stickers and stuff. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. So it's like, like you know, one of those old suitcases you just slap the stickers on. Mm. So yeah, I have a I have a Baltimore Maryland sticker. Of course, I'm gonna get a uh, New Orleans sticker somewhere on here, too. I mean, there's been other places I've gone, but this is all the places that I've gone since. You got that water bottle. water bottle. Yeah, I yeah. get that. I yeah. get that. All right, hey, um, one of the questions I put up today on Twitter, and I want to get more responses to it. We'll talk about it later on in the show. I want to know whether it was this year or it was a past year. Inevitably, there's someone in your life that literally all they know about you is that you like sports. That's it. That's, all, that's literally the only trait they're aware of about you. Which is ironic for some of us because we don't re- really even like sports all that much anymore. <laughs> um, that's all they know. And so you've gotten a gift either this year or I'm, I'm opening it up to any year that reflected the fact that all this person knew about you was you like sports. That's it. They don't know who you like. They don't know what you want. All they know is I'll get them something related to sports in some capacity. I want to know what that gift was. 
Share that with us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. What's the gift that you got from someone? Because all they know, the single thing they are aware of about you is that you are a fan of sports. And you might have to tell the story of why it's ironic because, like, somebody, you know, Paul from Orlando, for example, said, uh, uh, when my mom was still living in England, she got me a Manchester United tracksuit jacket for Christmas. I'm like, well, that sounds nice. And Paul has to inform. I've been a Man City fan since I was a kid. So getting that was akin to a Ravens fan getting a Steelers jacket as a gift. That's the type of thing that I'm looking for. So you might have to explain a little bit as to why the gift was so particularly bad when you share yours. But I want that today, Ackline Clark Radio on Twitter. What's the gift you got just because somebody, all they know about you is that you're into sports? Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, Patrick Stevens is going to join us. Talk a little Terps, a little college hoops. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com I love driving my tractor trailer, and just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure, I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right. 
back in here on GCR. Kyle Andrews is here hanging out with us today. Today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. If you're not playing underdog, you are a silly goose. We got free money for you. If you deposit up to $100 and use the code PRESSBOX when you do, then we will match that with free money for you to play with. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app. It's the daily and weekly fantasy games. Plus, they've got for you uh, player props, parlays. You can feel like you're betting. Look, we're glad that betting has finally made it to brick and mortar here in the state of Maryland. But unfortunately, you're still not going to be able to bet on your phone or on your computer for a while. Uh, but you can do that when you play Underdog Fantasy Football. Again, underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app in order to play. Um, all right, Patrick Stevens is going to join us here in just one minute from Kevin. Kevin says, uh, Glenn, 100% this year. This is good. 100% this year, I got an autographed baseball for Christmas, which was a pretty neat gift. It was from an old friend of mine. And I'm guessing he just got it and was looking for something cheap to give me. It was an autographed John Olerud baseball. Like, no disrespect to John Olerud, but why do I care? This is the type, this is perfect. We're a batting champion. That's fine. God bless him. This is perfect. Because this isn't even like, literally all this says is, all I know about you is sports. Here, I have this John Olerud autographed baseball, and I don't want that. I know you like sports. I'll just give it to you because you might want a John Olerud autographed baseball for some reason. What that reason is, I don't know. No earthly idea other than I know you like sports. That's the type of gift that I'm looking for today. Kyle, do you have one? Have you received either this year or at some point in your life a gift that reflected merely the fact that all they know about you is that you like sports. I think it was, I want to say it was a couple, it was when I was in college. It was when I was at McDaniel and one of my friends, they went somewhere. I think they went to like, uh, they went to some, uh, it was some place that had a national league team. Okay. Might, I think it might've been the Reds. They got a, they got me a Reds baseball. Like oh, a sure. Reds, a red sign baseball. And I can't, I can't exactly remember who it was, but, uh, I mean, it was just like, what? Right, yeah, correct. Like, thanks? I was like, who is this? And, and you know what I did? I held on to it for a couple of years. Do you want – I've got uh, – pa- Patrick Stevens and I went to a Reds game a couple of years ago. I still have to this day a Scott Schebler bobblehead. If you mm. if you want it, I can – Kyle, I might be willing. I might be willing, now that I know that you, of course, love the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds, I might be willing to add it to your collection. It was just such a random – thing yes it make, it it's was quite like, random okay the reds i'm like all right well sure yeah, yeah. i mean okay. i you know i like sports thank you yeah thanks joining us now as he does every week uh, of course you follow him on twitter at discourse d1s course read his stuff in the washington post he's our buddy patrick stevens he's back with us now here on gcr patrick good morning sir how are you i'm well we were we we're just talking to kyle and we're doing this topic this morning and, and i'm sure you've got uh, i mean you collect things so this might be a little bit different for you the gift that someone gave you at some point, because literally all they know about you is sports. The gift that somebody gave me, because all you know, I have, I have a book that's like a it, it's um it's per, right, isn't that perfect right there that the gift. Oh yeah, book, I mean right? by the way, that I, this actually I'm not sure it was a gift. It was something that you might have purchased for for no, twenty cents not, at some this point. This is not. This was a gift. This was something. Uh, I got something that was essentially 
my mom has a pen pal that she or a pen pal that she got to know that lives in France. Okay. And so they wanted to send along something to everybody in the family. Okay. And so there's like a pictorial history of English football <laughs> that was printed in like the eighties or early nineties okay. or something like that. And so I have I have that book as a result of that. I love the fact that you still have it though, actually. That makes me very happy that you still have a pictorial history uh, of English football to this day. Um, I might I might borrow that from you at some point just for okay. the sake of the fun of the conversation. Alright, sir. Um, Maryland's set to return to action tonight. Not the original opponent, which is a bummer for our friends at uh, Loyola, but it's going to be Lehigh. Didn't Lehigh used to be good? Like I, I did not realize that it was such a difficult start to the season for Lehigh. Yeah, and, and Lehigh, Lehigh struggled a bit the last few years. I mean, they were consistently one of the top teams in the Patriot League, I would argue, for about a decade or so. And they obviously had the famous upset of Duke in 2012, but when you look at what they were able to do in terms of Patriot League victories, you know, from 15 to 19, they had 10, 13, 12, 11, and 12, which in an 18-game schedule is pretty good. Yeah. They dipped down a little bit in 2020. And then last year wasn't good, and this year has been even leaner so far. You know, they actually were competitive with Rutgers in, the, in their season opener, but since then there really hasn't been a whole lot to write home about. They haven't really been all that great at either end of the floor. And perhaps the most encouraging thing for Maryland is uh, – Lehigh allows opponents to shoot better than forty percent from three, mm. so maybe maybe Maryland can can do okay uh, from the perimeter in, in this game, just like they did against Florida. Uh, but that's been an issue for the Terps uh, so far this season in aggregate. Uh, correct. It's been um, one of the more significant actual on the court issues that they have dealt with. So they get that one tonight. Then they are scheduled to play again on Thursday against Brown. And then before we talk to you again, they're supposed to start Big Ten play. And again, everything is, is TBA and college basketball. What have we learned so far this season about the Big Ten, Patrick, as we move towards the start of conference play, which, again, is supposed to happen for Maryland Monday, or the restart of conference play, if you will, Monday night against Iowa? Well, I think at this point, despite the fact that it lost on a buzzer beater at Rutgers, I think Purdue's the best team in the league. And, and I think you have other teams that have looked pretty good to this point, like Illinois, uh, when they're whole, Ohio State with the victory over Duke and, and Michigan State all stand out. Uh, but I, I think Purdue probably has the most complete team in the league, maybe the most complete team in the country at this point. I think Michigan's probably been one of the more disappointing teams to this point. That doesn't mean that they can't figure things out at this stage. Uh, and The other thing I would say that we've learned about the Big Ten is, is that at least in a couple spots, the uh, the new coaches have worked out well so far. You know, Indiana, I think, has has gotten off to a good start under Mike Woodson, and Minnesota's ten and one uh, under Ben Johnson, the former Xavier assistant. And, and so, when you kind of size up the league, I don't know how many teams I'm willing to completely bury at this point as having absolutely no hope uh, postseason wise. I and mean, I think I would probably bury Nebraska and Penn State at this stage. But you know. I understand Rutgers has some has some lousy losses at this point, but there's no reason to think that they can't just grind out a ton of low-scoring victories and kind of revive their season. You know, Maryland still has some pieces. I don't know if they can revive the, their season to the point of making an NCAA tournament, but there's not a whole lot of places to hide in the conference, uh, especially with certain teams that we thought might not be as good, like Minnesota and Northwestern, that are that are quite a bit better. 
Uh, and then some of your usual suspects that are just chugging along the way you would normally expect them to. Hadn't even mentioned Wisconsin at this point, and they're 9-2 at this um, you know, on the local front, I feel like it's a broken record. Every week we just keep talking about Towson, but every week when we talk, it seems like there's been something else. And I know you saw that last week. That was a pretty emphatic performance for them against what we think is a decent Navy team. Yeah, and they caught Navy at the right time. I mean, when, and I hadn't thought about this when we talked last week, and it, it was pretty apparent when somebody pointed it out to me on Wednesday. You know, Navy basically coming out of exams is the perfect time to get them where they they basically couldn't practice but a couple hours for the entire week leading into that game. So, so they kind of looked like it. And then John Carter Jr. got hurt, and things got even easier for Towson from there. But that doesn't hide the fact that Towson's playing really well, continuing to play really well. And now the question is, how do they, how do they navigate conference play? You know, Ken Palm has them favored in all but one game wow. of the entirety of conference play, and that's a February 3rd game up at Hofstra. Uh, so now some of those are, are one point, you know, favored by one point, and you know overall it kind of projects a record at thirteen and five. That's still pretty good. That's a lot better than being picked eighth in the league. So the question now becomes, how soon does Towson actually get back on the floor? Because their first conference opponent, James Madison, had a game zapped this week because of COVID issues. Their second opponent, Drexel has already had to postpone its first two conference games. So it's sort of a sit around and wait here for Towson, hopefully that they're able to get on the floor later in the week. Uh, but it might not be until sometime next week uh, or even the week after that they ultimately get, get this open conference play. Patrick Stevens with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I guess that's where I ask for you to give me the rundown of what what has and, and has not. Like where Where are we with all of the various local teams as far as who's able to play and who isn't at the moment? It's it's not a pretty picture at this point. Loyola, Coppin State, Morgan State are all on pause at this point. UMBC has had postponement, sort of a nebulous, out of an abundance of caution. They had one against Mount St. Mary's last week, where the if you want to call it blame for you know who's responsible for the postponement wasn't assigned, but they also had one of those this week. So so they've been shelved here for a little bit. Uh, Mount St. Mary's is supposed to play tomorrow against Fairleigh Dickinson in the first of two uh, Northeast Conference games to open league play here at home. So they're still on the docket at this point down in D.C. All four schools inside of D.C., Howard, American, GW, Georgetown, all on pause at this point. So uh, there's there's probably more teams that are sidelined at this stage than than are actually able to play at this point. You know, Towson, Mount St. Mary's, I think, Navy, uh, and Maryland still still active at this stage, but obviously a, a, a very fluid situation all around at this point. And, of course, you have to have opponents in order for you to be able to play, and that's been a very difficult thing. I, I guess since the last time we talked, we d- did get more clarity. Like, they, they're not actually, as we assume, they're not actually going to have forfeits. Like, that's not actually going to be a thing. No, not in most places. The NEC, actually, the Mount St. Mary's League, actually doubled down on its forfeit policy. We'll see if that holds up if things get ravaged here in the first couple weeks. I mean, that seems to be sort of the theme, where you get two or three forfeits in, and it's like, oh, wait, this isn't really all right. that good of an idea. Right. You know? and, and I'll reiterate, I think I said this last week, you know, I'm not opposed to the idea of saying, well, if you, had to, if you couldn't play, maybe that hurts you in like a... A, a league tiebreaker thing for conference tournament seeding, like just to make it easier that way. 
if you don't have a head-to-head to work with. But the whole idea of the forfeit, when when you're seeing the numbers out there that you're seeing right now, is is just absurd. And it's good to see, you know, count the number of leagues that have that have brought that back here. Uh, the ACC, the big the Big East, the Pac-12, the American Athletic Conference did it as well. So you see more and more of these leagues that are repealing this idea. And it was, you know, under the circumstances, I could get why. We right. didn't think you were going to have an outbreak. But, again, this is one of these situations where it makes sense to have some flexibility and adapt very quickly because that's what's required. All right. So um, I normally would ask you, like, if there was anything on the national front, but I feel like it's the exact same story everywhere else. <laughs> like, it's it, just there really is yep. a lot of this all over the un- place. Un- right unfortunately, that's the reality of the circumstances, and and hopefully it won't be like that for the rest of the year. But it ain't looking good at the moment, just the the way it is. All right, uh, so let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? Um, as far as a, a five-team guy, again, our rules for Patrick have been they had to play five years past 1980, but I've typically tried to avoid the guys that go very far back. However, we are into slim pickings territory at this point. So, Patrick, I admit that this one, I don't know. I just don't know uh, how much you're going to do about this man because his career legitimately began in 1963. Okay. But he was still uh, pitching all the way through to 1989, he was a four-time All-Star, finished in the top ten of Cy Young voting four times as well, and you most know him for another reason. Mm-hmm. His name is Tommy John. His name is Tommy John. Well, he was definitely a New York Yankee. Most certainly was a New York Yankee. Well, I believe, I believe, if I recall my mid-80s, mid-1980s Tops baseball cards correctly, he was an Oakland Athletic? He was an Oakland... That was the shortest stint of his career. He made 11 appearances with the Oakland Athletics. Holy crap. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Most certainly for six seasons. He was definitely a Chicago White Sox. For seven, seven years. And actually, there was a stop before the White Sox. For Tommy John. There was a stop before the White Sox. In the, so in two, 63 Two so. years and 63 and 64 in one place. And then the other well, one... The, the, I am, I, am get, I believe, I, I can't remember which of the two it is, but I'm getting a very, very strong current AL Central vibe here. Um, and so I'm going to toss out Minnesota. Oh, you, you're on the... Oh, God, you're sniffing right up the was tree. It Cleveland? It's Cleveland. For the first two Cleveland? years, it was okay. Cleveland. The other stop actually was in the 80s for four years. He was a California Angel from well, 19... That was oh, did I say five? You said five. Oh, I thought I said six. I'm sorry, sir. I apologize. I thought I said six. That's my fault. My fault. And you would you well, have gotten let's it? Give, let's give me credit for Cleveland and say I'm five for six. All right, we'll give you five, okay. for, five for six. 100%. You get that. That's what I thought we were doing. Five for six on Tommy John. All right, so with that in mind, you did pretty well with that one, so I don't have to go uh, uh, too easy on a four-teamer. So I will toss out, um, ooh, uh, this guy, this guy. Uh, This is a third baseman, of course, who probably played a couple other positions during the course of his career. He was a three-time All-Star and a World Series champion. Four teams for Chris Sabo. Chris Sabo was definitely in Cincinnati. And, of course, the bulk of his career. And then, basically, we're talking about three teams over two seasons. Yeah, he was in, he was in Baltimore. He, in 1994, he was... Uh, I remember the headline in the Sun said, Chris says he's oh-so-glad-to-be-one. I'm not kidding. That I don't know why I remember that headline. That was the headline. 
He was a White Sox. Right? He was a White Sox. 100. Dude, if you get this. So we're coming up with the last of the Chris Sabo stops. Yes. So this and was in either 94 or 95. You know what? This is not true. He actually went back to Cincinnati in 96. Okay. So it was the second half of the 95 season. Second half of the 95 season for Chris Sabo. Gosh. I'm trying to think of where those rec specs popped up. Yeah, right? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Oh, but I didn't even realize it. Oh, this is criminal that I asked you. It's five games. He played in five, five games. This is, I'm so sorry. This Let's is criminal. I, you know what? That's, it's, you're, I, honest to God, it's about the same guess. It was St. Louis. It was St. Louis for five games. Did you know, Chris Sabo, the, currently the head baseball coach of the Akron Zips? That's where Chris no, Sabo. I, I did not know that either. That's where he finds himself at the so moment. Still wear the Rex I, I guarantee. Well, he has to. I mean, I would like to think that he wore him out like when he went to dinner. I would like to hope that that. I mean, have, were they, I mean was, was he born with them? I, it, I, it's a non-zero chance that that's true. All right, sir. I'm assuming you're in College Park tonight. I am in College Park tonight. And then everything else pretty TBA. It is. Every, I mean, heck. Yeah, the world. Being in College Park tonight. That's a fact. Unfortunately, that's the case. But uh, but yeah, the plan the plan is actually, if we were to pin it down, uh, and hope that everything works right, uh, up at Mount St. Mary's tomorrow, back to Maryland on Thursday, and then Towson theoretically on Friday against James Madison. But if that doesn't happen, maybe back to Mount St. Mary's to, to see them take on Wagner, who should be. One of the better teams in the NFL. All right. Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. And, uh, of course, the Washington Post as well. I appreciate you, my friend. Happy New Year. Let's talk again next Tuesday. All right. It's... Awesome, Glenn. Take care. And happy New Year to you. Thank you. Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR. I was so excited about Chris Sabo coming to the Baltimore Orioles in 1994. I, it's such a dumb thing. Like there was, there was some momentum because of the first couple seasons of Camden Yards, there was this like feel that they were going to turn into something, and they signed somebody else too. It was Sabo and somebody else in '94. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Was it Kevin? Was it, was was that it Kevin was, Brown? Was '94? I think it was Palmero. Was '94? Palmero '94. It might have been Palmero. That yeah. might have been. That might be right, dude. I was so excited. Oh, he, was, was, he was a 25 jacked. homer, 25 steal guy in Cincinnati the year oh, before, and oh. then he did. Nothing. No, nothing. nothing. He was like Glenn Davis. Nothing at all. I mean, we don't think of it that way because tra- he was signing. They didn't trade anything for him. Right. Like, and, and it was one year. And, and as we know, the season got canceled anyway. It was sort of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But my God, I was so excited about Chris friggin' Sabo being a Baltimore Oriole. I was like, this is the moment. Uh, that team, yeah, Palmero. Uh, I feel like there was somebody else. I feel like there was a pitcher. It may have been Kevin Brown. Nah, it wasn't Kevin Brown. Uh, their rotation, who would the rotation have been for the 94? Maybe Orioles? Jamie Moyer? Jamie Moyer might have been. Might have been Jamie Moyer, yeah. Um, but I was jacked up, man. I was all I was ready to run through a wall over stupid Chris Sabo. The rotation was Messina, McDonald, Jamie Moyer, indeed. But I don't know if it was first year or not. Sid Fernandez. Sid Fernandez. Oh, I forgot they brought in Sid Fernandez. And then... Uh, they experimented with Arthur Rhodes as a starter that season for ten. Yeah, games. he he came up as a starter, but he yeah. he made his his Obviously. money. In- it was well, he was quite good out of the bullpen. Yeah. Stayed, um, stayed in the majors until like 2010, 12, yeah. somewhere yeah. in that range. Yeah. James, I used to wait on him at Bonefish in Bel Air. 
I, I waited on him I, a couple of times. Jamie Moyer and I were always cool. And in fact, when, when the Orioles brought him back on that minor league deal, and what would have that been, 11, somewhere around then, when he was mm-hmm. like 47 years old? Right. Yeah, was it 12? Yeah, I think it was 12. because No, nah, it was a year they were good. I think it was because I was, uh, I was still on the grounds crew during that time. I can't believe it. I mean, was I was 12. on the grounds crew in two, 2011 too, but I thought I thought it was a bad team that signed Jamie. Maybe it was 12. You might be right about that. But um it was he well, was 49 it was 2012. Well done, Kyle. Uh, it was 2012. He was 49 years old and I had him call in because we had a, you know, a decent relationship. So I had him call into the show um which was, you know, if you remember their old radio station that doesn't exist anymore, we would get in a lot of trouble whenever we had an Orioles player on and they would get in trouble because they weren't supposed to come on with us. But Jamie and I were always cool, and I said something like, "Jamie, can you can you even throw the ball faster than your son at this point? Like, is that?" And he was genuinely mad at me, like mad that I asked the question, like wow. furious that I asked. And I thought we were. How old was his son? Was his son like five? Or was his son no, like seventeen? No, he wasn't 17? five, but he wasn't seventeen either. I think his son was like maybe twelve or like I I hadn't talked to him in a long time, so I was trying to do like a let's catch up, like how old? And it, he told me how old his kid was, and I was like. Dude, you know, like, this is an honest question. <laughs> Who throws the ball faster? And he was pissed. Like, oh, man. Pissed. It was awkward. <laughs> it was incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable. I remember we had booked, I don't want to say Drew did the same thing. Drew, one time, there was a team from Maryland that was doing well in the Little League World Series. And I want to say it was 08, 09, something like that. And, like, they were advancing, and it was looking like they were going to... And so Oral Hershiser was doing the Little League World Series, and so I, I, I called Oral Hershiser. I'm like, hey, would you come on and talk about this team from Maryland? He was like, hell yeah. So we had him on, and Drew... I don't know how old Oral Hershiser was at this point, but Drew said... On, Oral, if you were pitching against these kids... Like, how would you do, or something? It was a dumb question, but it was not... It was a harmlessly dumb question. Mm-hmm. And Oral Hershiser said something like, what are you, stupid? I'd strike them all out. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand why you're so offended by this. Like, it's a harmless, it's just a silly, like, I don't know why people get, they get take it very personally. And somebody tried explaining to me, one of, whoever, somebody was friends with Jamie Moyer and messaged me and was like, dude, you understand he's still trying to get back into the major leagues. So, like, playing along with that probably doesn't look so good. It's probably not a fun thing. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. But still, did it require that reaction? It was a silly question. It wasn't an offensive <laughs> question. Come on. Calm down, Jamie uh, Moore. Get, getting back to it, I think the pitcher that you were probably excited about was Lee Smith. That was his only year. Oh, it was in 94. Yeah. Was well, 94. He was great in 94, too. Yeah, he was great. Like 33 saves. In the By the way, when he got voted into the Hall of Fame, I couldn't get him to come on the show. It was a really, really strange. Harold Baines, who everybody was mad about, called him the next day. We called Lee Smith five times. He didn't want to talk about it. I was like, you know, people are okay with you being in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, like you're not the like one that, seven times. You're not the one that pissed everybody off. Like, everybody's like, oh yeah, Lee Smith's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure, that that works. I mean, like, he's definitely, you know, was was he a lock or a slam dunk? No, but he's certainly among the top ten closers of all time. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the top five closers of all time. If I really sat and thought about it, right? It's it's Rivera, it's Eckersley, it's Armando Benitez, it's Trevor Hoffman, Billy Wagner. You totally, just let me. You let me throw that. In. You just. Totally missed it. Did you say Armando Benitez? My God, man! I think I have Come such on, I think I have such repressed memories of Armando Paul. Benitez. His name doesn't even register to me just, anymore. You just he was good for like three years with the Mets. He was actually well, he was okay. They were way more excited about him than they should have been. Too. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, the moral of the story is that Lee Smith was not offensive to get into the Hall of Fame, especially in context of the other guy that got in that we were all offended by. <laughs> Lee Smith, we were like, oh, okay, sure, right? Like, that's fine. I was okay with Harold Baines getting in. Yeah, no. If, if you had an extra hit per month to his career, it's one not, extra hit per month, he's, he's got 3,000 hits, and... It's not a thing. You can argue he's one of the top 10 DHs of all time. Well, he's certainly one of the top 10 DHs of all time. Right. But that's, that doesn't make you one of the best baseball players of all time. Uh, like, this is the, the problem that I have eternally with that. Like, um, somebody would say, well, then do you think that no specialist should get in the football hall of fame? It's a different thing. That's all those people can do. In order to be a DH, it has to be because you can't help defensively. Well, he, his knees were destroyed. I understand that, but that's, it matters. Like, it, it matters. This, this right. not, I feel in, like if your bat's amazing... Thing. But it's got to be a certain level of amazing. Harold like, Baines can roll out of bed right now and hit 260. No, but I understand what you're trying to say. Right. Like, he can't actually do that, no, but I but, get it. But, like, my point being, Harold Baines is a hell of a player, and, and I'm not – I'm typically the person that says, you know, I'm, I'm good with a bigger, broader Hall of Fame, and, it, like, it doesn't – it's a museum. We, we can't take these things too seriously. Mm-hmm. But there was no world in which Harold Baines merited – like, in order to get in as a DH – and some people have made this argument about relief pitchers that, like, you have to acknowledge that you're a relief pitcher because you're a failed – like, nobody starts as a reliever. Mm-hmm. You become a reliever because you're a failed starter. So in order to get into the Hall of Fame as a reliever, you have to be otherworldly, right? And I don't disagree with that inherently. Lee Smith was more otherworldly as a closer than Harold Baines was otherworldly as a, as a, you know, a hitter. Harold Baines was a really good hitter. In no world was he a Hall of Famer. You know, I, I, like, I, I, def- I like Harold Baines. I definitely did a double take when they said Harold Baines got into the Hall of Fame. I, I, but I was happy for the guy. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, I liked Harold Baines, right? So like, does, does he get a bronze statue in the picnic area? No. Him, no. him, him holding hands with Mike Messina. So don't get me started about the Messina thing. Cause I love Mike Messina. Gen- it's my picture it, of all but time. But it genuinely pisses me off. Like, I, I'm, I'm genuinely bothered by the Orioles treating him that way. Mike, you, if you do this, is it your standard for your Hall of Famers? Mike Messina is unquestionably an Orioles Hall of Famer. This thing where we're all so obsessed, like, we, we are so, it's a bigger problem in our country. It's the tell me I'm pretty thing. Like, it, who gives a rat's ass what's on someone's plaque in the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. Imagine, care, imagine how petulant you are that that's something that you're concerned about. What a childish thing for the organization to treat him differently because he wouldn't put the Orioles on his cap. It didn't even put the Yankees on there. He put nothing. Well, but y- you so can make childish. the argument that all the guys that have statues all won World Series titles. It's not his fault. It's not he did everything possible in that '97 playoff run. It, he was f- the best pitching performance in postseason history. I just feel like it, they need to stop making different rules for di- like. I, I understand what you're saying, of course, Paul, and it, and it's just like to me. Give him the play. Give him, give him the bronze statue. That's I mean, what you do cool. for your Hall of Famers. Guys, he's my favorite pitcher of all time. I want him to have a statue. Oh, yeah. I, I understand Absolutely. why they haven't. Uh, be, I don't. The, I don't understand it's been, why they haven't. What I've been told is that it's all the other guys won World Series. No, that's, they, they haven't ever officially said anything. Nobody officially they're said that. They're trying, they're trying to come told. up with something to, to pass off the fact that, that he didn't put the Orioles on his plaque mm-hmm. in the World Series. That's, that's all this is is because he wouldn't choose to go in as an Oriole. We won't stop it. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's bothered we, me from day one. We need to stop doing the whole Baltimore against the world. We're bit. so I'm, small in these like, ways. Yeah. We're it's so like, small. It's like, oh, my God, nobody – when when you leave, nobody cares. Nobody cares that you're from here. Right. You know, and I love this place. I do. But we need to stop acting like we're two feet tall 
and we need to start acting like you know we're actual height. Like just acknowledge <laughs> what we yeah, are. Six foot yeah. seven. It's in the same way. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Oh boy, this is gonna read down, go down a different path. I don't want to want to go to. Let me remind you, uh, cold weather's here. That means one thing: higher energy bills. Good news is Window Nation is here to help for December only, and that's only three more days. Get 50% off all-style windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. I, it has always bothered me when I have no problem. If you're into the Capitals, if you're into the Wizards, God bless you, right? Like, that, fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm unfortunately I, into the Wizards. That's your thing. It's not, I'm over that. There was a time in my life where it, like, genuinely pissed me off. It doesn't anymore. Like, I I'm, I get it. You, you be into whoever you're into. People don't understand how I'm into the Phoenix teams. Well, I live there, you know? Like, I, and I'm only into the two that I didn't have teams here. Like, I'm not a Phoenix uh, or a, there's no, I'm not an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. So is it okay that I was a Cowboys fan in the early to mid '90s? <sighs> it was still a, you were a front runner. Um, it's I, was a kid. I, I lived in Phoenix. It's a different yeah, conversation. I, I, I lived there. I mean, the Ravens came when I was two. So right, yeah, you've only ever had. They the Ravens. came when I was twelve. I switched to the Ravens yes, when and, they got here. And, and and I said before, I rooted for players. I didn't have a team. I rooted for players. Um, I it it bothers me because what I want to say is like you know we're playing college basketball in Baltimore. You know like kids from here play on those teams and you won't nobody will go out and watch umbc or watch towson or watch loyola or watch morgan or watch coppin like we we won't even there's no world in a real city their regional sports network would air some of those games in boston they put games on nesson in real cities there are games on all those and every now and then it lucks out that like UMBC was playing at a an, an ACC team, so it got to be on Masson because of that. But there is, and it used to be that like the Masson would allow you to buy time to put your games on Masson. But now all the schools are like, well, we broadcast all the games online, so we don't care about that anymore. Um, it pisses me off that we obsess with DC teams and don't care at all about the things that are happening in our own city. That that's why Patrick Stevens comes on with us every week because it's happening here. The, it's it's ours. We don't have to borrow somebody else's thing and be small. We can celebrate our own things. It's okay. We're allowed to do that. And I'm not, again, I'm not pointing at you, Kyle, oh, because no, you're no. like the Wizards. I'm not, that's not a thing. That's the only DC team I like, by the but, way. And by the way, Kyle actually cares and, about and local not, sports. And not only you know, that, like, too, but with the Wizards, uh, my mom worked for MCI. So we no, all, you had to yeah, get, because mom, of the so MCI I, Center yeah, for years, get, right? Yeah, I used to get. The phone booth, as yeah, they called it, We right? got tickets as a kid, and I used to watch, uh, you know, Unfortunately, old Michael Jordan play. Yeah, right. At the end of his career. Yeah, yeah. who completely destroyed the franchise by, uh, you know, drafting Kwame Brown. So, Mm. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think locally we have to support those teams. That's the thing that bothers me. We have to talk about them more. I mean, that falls on. That falls on us as the media as well. Well, and, and it's it's a chicken and the egg yeah. thing because I don't it's know. A, it's like both. It, somebody, if I was over, you know, and I, God bless you, I love you, Chuck Sapienza. But if I went over to work, you know, if he if I took him up and went over and worked over there, and I said I want to talk about local hoops, he'd say to me, "What are you doing? You're gonna chase away all the audience. You can't do that here. You can't. We we. It doesn't. That's not the way that it works. I don't know that it's our fault for not covering it versus you know, people's both. fault. It's it's, it's everybody both. together. Yeah. And every single Terry Nolan is one of the most special human beings on the face of the planet. I love Terry Nolan as a human being. He's special, and he's a Baltimore kid, and he has a chance to do something special at Towson this season. He's got them to the point where they this might be the best Towson team we've had in, you know, the Jarrell Benjamin team was pretty good. Like, but outside of that, I mean, this is he's a Baltimore kid doing it at Towson. Go watch that. Pay attention. 
And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm not, I'm not holier than thou. But you want to watch the Capitals? Go fine, watch the Capitals. That's your choice. But we don't have to be small. We can love our own. We can support our own. We can be into it. We're capable of it. If they play on Friday, I'm taking... By the way, we're not. I don't think I've told you this. It's the hell of a way for me to tell you. We're not doing a show on Friday. Oh, you told me. It's a company holiday um, because we don't because Saturday's New Year's Day, and obviously we, you know, you don't do a holiday on Saturday. So there's not going to be a GCR on Friday because it's a company holiday. Um, so you know what I'm going to do on Friday if Madison is able to play. I'm going to take my kids over and watch the Towson Madison game on Friday afternoon at two o'clock because I like to support what's happening here. Unlike most people in town. I go to Morgan State and watch games there. Can't do it right now, unfortunately. They're not playing. I would like for them to be playing. Yeah. I go to Coppin State. Coppin has a beautiful arena. It's an which unbelievable facility, here. correct. It's not it's far an from unbelievable here facility, correct, yes. Yeah, I mean, like. I've actually set foot in Mondawmin Mall to get some pizza before a Coppin yes. game. Don't be scared all yes. the time. Yes, it's okay. <laughs> I, I think that's the problem. We've and, had and so I'm, much fear. I'm probably the whitest person you know. <laughs> Probably. I don't, know, I don't know about that. Well, you, I'm in central Pennsylvania. Now, oh, yeah, you do know sure. some white people. God, <laughs> it is white. <laughs> they, they, they announced that a Penn State game is going to be a whiteout, and Kyle's like, like all the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> James Franklin's the only person that stands out. You know, it's, it's him and the team. And you. And, and you. Correct. And uh, El- my friend Elton Hayes. That, that's literally it. <laughs> um, look, man, I'm not, again, I'm not, I, I hate doing this because I don't, I really don't, if you're into the Capitals, you're into the Capitals. That's your right. That's your choice. Nobody can tell you who you should vote for and who shouldn't. I just wish we supported us a little bit more. I wish that we paid a little bit more attention to what was going on here instead of trying to find something that's like what the cool kids do. And so that it's just it's bothered me eternally. I don't talk about it a lot. I try to do it quietly. It's why I put all the basketball coaches on. It's why when Terry Nolan decided he was transferring to Towson, I put Terry Nolan on this show because he was a Baltimore kid doing something special. I I wish that we would support that more. I, I wish. I wish the Baltimore area team. Well, I mean the the mid major schools mostly for the I mean, for the most part play against each other. You know, I I told everyone I think that you know. They should bring back yeah the Battle that, of Baltimore yeah, battle yeah of Baltimore. we were that would be a good idea one of the coaches that came in this year was I think it might have been Tavares was like I really think there might be some movement on that okay I really think That'd there be might good. be it would be very good and, be, and I think they also you know the other thing too is that Morgan State is playing at the All Star weekend this yeah this year yeah against Howard well hopefully yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Fring, yeah, fingers right. crossed but um you know those things we have to we have to understand as a local. I mean, you know, being in Baltimore, we have to support those things that are going on. Basketball, you know, women's basketball, I don't understand why no one's supporting the women that are playing around here. I mean, the women stay in state. Everybody, you could give, you know, everybody gripes about the, the guys leaving and everything, but the girls, they stay in state, you know. I mean, and they, they're really talented. And yep. a lot of, I mean, Loyola has a girl from Pikesville. Hi. You know, I, I can't tell you how many other schools have local players that yep. played in the IAM yep. or in uh, Baltimore County or Harford County or Anne Arundel County. I mean, support them. Navy, too. I mean, same thing. You know, Naval Academy, one thing, I looked on their roster, they had a ton of kids that were from Gilman 
Spalding. And that's not always the case there. Yeah. You know, obviously that's more of a national brand and different reasons why people go there. But no, I, I appreciate you echoing the sentiments and I know you're someone who does. All right, I got to get a break here. We're supposed to cat, we're hoping to cat, chat with, oh, we're good. We're going to chat with Daniel Wilcox. We'll talk some Ravens here in a minute. Um, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Tyus Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Tyus Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. Hey, it's KZ. The Pressbox Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Pressbox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR, we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. Our buddy Kyle Andrews is with us in studio. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The seasonal menu is those comfort food classics like the short rib grilled cheese sandwich. So good. Plus the uh, 
How about the center-cut sirloin with the grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, the house-made meatloaf with the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the smoky thigh wings with the Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. It's all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. You don't want to sit at the restaurant. We get it right now. Things are a difficult time. Put your order in. Take it home. GloryDaysGrill.com. One of our favorite humans joining us now once again here on GCR, former Baltimore Ravens tight end, now a podcaster. It's part of the Believe Network with our man Bo Smolka doing the Ravens podcast. He is our friend Dan Wilcox. He's back with us on GCR. Dan, what's going on, my friend? It's great to chat with you. It's Glenn and Paul and Kyle. Happy New Year, dude. Thank you, as always, taking the time for us. What's up, man? Thank you guys for having me on, man. Enjoying it, always. Man, always love to talk to you. I wish there was something more pleasant to talk about, Dan. I wish that was the reality. Um, You know, can you tell me about what it's like when things snowball for a football team? Like, on the field, off the field, losses combined with, you know, guys getting hurt combined with, you know, I... Obviously, when you played, you didn't go through a pandemic. Um, but, right. but like when things start to snowball, how difficult is that for a group of people to avoid the feelings of like "woe is me" and "well, it's just not meant to be"? Like, how tough is it to go through something like this? I mean, it's hard. I don't care what the situation is. You know, I mean, of course, you got extenuating circumstances with COVID and stuff like that right now, and COVID's bringing a whole other monster and beast to this thing. You always have to deal with injuries. Hundred percent of injury rating. It's a 100% injury rating in this league. Every year you're going to have injuries. You don't know how big they're going to be, how bad they're going to be, whether they're going to be season-ending injuries or career-ending injuries. You never really know. you know. But the Ravens have just been, been hit with everything they could be hit with this year, every single thing. And they're still standing. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to be able to go through all these losses, but when you got 20, 30 guys on IR and on, you know, on the injured reserve list, and then you got guys, you know, coming up with COVID, you know, week in and week out, and your roster is actually depleted. You know, it's it's, it's been depleted, man. They, I mean, it was some guys on the field I didn't even know played for the Ravens. Yeah, I didn't know, know who they were. No offense, I didn't know. I, Isaiah Mack had a hell of a game on Sunday, and my literal thought was, "Wow, what a game for Isaiah Mack, whoever that is." <laughs> exactly. And then I mean, I, I turned the television on, guys. I, I had no idea that um, that Huntley had came down with COVID. And I saw 15. I'm like, who the heck is 15? Why is he, why is he starting that quarterback for the Ravens? Like, who is this? Then they said Josh Johnson. I said, oh, I remember that guy. You know, and it was like, and it's so crazy. Like, that's what you got to be ready to do. All I can say is that the Ravens are blessed to be able to have the player personnel department that they have to be able to have guys to still be able to come in and fill in these spots. And I was saying, I was saying earlier, man, um, that we are extremely blessed. You know, to to go against a team that like we just went against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they are they're loaded with talent on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, but offensively they have some serious serious weapons. And to be able to put in your third, fourth screen, fifth screen guys, you know, sixth screen, seventh screen guys in certain situations, and then still be able to kind of hold your own. I mean, it was a game for first the first half of that game. It was a pretty decent game. You know, and um, and the, the guys came in and they, and they still played. They played their butts off and they played hard for the city of Baltimore. You know, it didn't, we didn't get the outcome we wanted. You know, they scored 51 points on some of our best guys the first time. I mean, 41 points on, on some of our best guys the first time around. And they scored 41 points on, on, all, on some of our worst guys this time around. I mean, like, that's not, that's not saying, you know, that's not saying, like, that the Ravens are, or working backwards or hustling backwards or anything like that, man. But I just, I really, 
I'm I'm pleased with the team and the organization of Baltimore. I really am. I, I'm just really I'm pleased with that franchise. And this is a year. This is a year they would never have again. This is a once in a lifetime type oh, scenario. Sunday. What's going on this season? And they'll never have it again. The Bengals did what they did with us at our worst. When we're at our best. You know, we I don't, I don't think nobody wants to see us. Let me try to unpack a few of the things that you said in there, Dan Wilcox. Let me start with this. If they get, and I know it's a huge if, right, because we just don't know. He hasn't practiced yet, Lamar Jackson. But if they were to get him back this week, they're still going to be depleted in a lot of places. Do yeah. you believe they can still be a threat to win these last two games? I know they, they're on the outside looking in at the moment, but like the Dolphins have two really difficult games. Do you believe they can still be a threat to beat the Rams on Sunday should they get Lamar Jackson back? Well, you know, the movie Any Given Sunday, you know, that name says it all. Any Given Sunday, anything can happen. But, I mean, their odds for beating the Rams this week, I haven't seen the standings or the statistics or anything like this. You know, but as beat up as we are right now, I can't see us beating the Rams at all. Like, I can't see our offensive line being able to stop Aaron Donald and company. I can't see that happening. I don't care who they put at quarterback. You know, I can't see – I can't see our receivers – being able to get open fast enough against Jalen Ramsey and company. I can't see that happening. You know, our, our, I mean, our line ain't going to be able to protect fast enough. Our receiver ain't going to be able to get open fast enough. You know, it's, that's a bad combination. You know, you're, you're down to your last line of defense in every single situation. You know, and we got some freaking talented guys. I mean, we got some talented receivers, some talented tight ends. Mark Andrews is probably probably one of the best I've ever seen with my own eyes. You know, and I've studied a lot of tight ends so that I can get better myself. But watching Mark Andrews play week in and week out is, is, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, man, what he's doing. He's putting together a heck of a season for us this year. But I just can't see us being able to stop the Rams on offense. I think Stafford is having a heck of a year. Cooper Cup is doing numbers like, like he's working it, like he like he works for a Vegas casino or something. <laughs> doing crazy numbers. You know, but um, it just—I mean, it's just—it's gonna be. And they got Odell Beckham. You know, they got some—they got some more guys. If you decide to double up Cooper Cup and take him out the game completely, you still got to worry about Odell and the rest of them guys. You know, so I mean, it's—they it's, got—they got a really, really solid team. I can't see us—they're playing right now at, at the at the height of their, at the height of what they they franchise can play at, and we're playing at the lowest right now what our franchise could possibly play at because of all the injuries and all the people that we're not that we're not able to play. And they're, they're healthy. The Rams are healthy just like Cincy is healthy. Is healthy. When the Ravens was healthy a couple of years ago, we everybody thought we was winning the Super Bowl. Yep. You know, so we're in the, we're in the exact opposite situation of that. On paper, we, we, on paper, I still think we're the best team in the world. You know, but unfortunately, when, every, every, when you got to scratch out all those names on paper because they can't play, I mean, we just as average and as any as any team out there. Dan, you you played the position, of course, um, and uh, you know with what Mark Andrews has done this season. Um, I mean, just in compare, I know I know you don't want to necessarily compare him to Todd Heap, but uh, you know, or the other great tight ends that have come through this organization. But um, you know, what is what has he done that's so different than you know the guys that I just listed off? Well, to me, one of the things, and you can't ever take this for granted. You know, but quarterback play is huge, right? And I think one of the things that every quarterback don't ever I mean every tight end don't came through this system, they have never had, you know, the quarterback play that, that Mark Andrews is getting right now. 
You know, so, I mean, if you're able to get Ty Heath the ball 15 times a game, you catch 15 balls a game. It is what it is. You throw Mark Andrews the ball 15 times a game, Mark Andrews going to catch the ball 15 times a game. You know, so you throw me the ball 15 times a game, I'm going to catch the ball 15 times a game. Shannon Sharp, you know, Ben Coates, all the guys before us, you know. So, I mean, you got, you, you've always had elite receiving tight ends in this organization. And the thing to me that stands out with Mark Andrews is that he's just, so far ahead of where I feel like I didn't get to where Mark Andrews is right now until like year five, right? He came in, I want to say it was year two when I was up in Baltimore in the scouting department for the all season. And I watched him every day in practice. And I remember in my notes telling, you know, the player personnel department, the difference between him and Hayden Hurst to me, I thought Hayden Hurst was probably the better athlete athlete at the time. But I thought Mark Andrews was mentally, like years, years ahead of Hayden Hurst. Um, and when I, when I say that, to be a really good receiver in this league, you have to understand, like, geometry. You have to understand angles. You have to understand leverage. You have to understand, you know, shapes and, and, and positions and how to make people move and how to make people stay put. And he was able to come in this league with that ability already. Somebody taught him that. I don't know if it was Oklahoma I don't know if it was high school, whatever it was, he learned things that a lot of receivers don't get a chance to learn until they get older and older into their, their careers. And he was miles, I'm talking about years ahead of where I thought Hayden Hurst was at that time as far as being able to understand the leverage of how to move the DBs and the linebackers and how to set them up and push them upfield and you know press them and then break away when you got to break away and lean on them and push off when you got to lean on them and push off and still them outside hard to make them widen not widen their stance and widen their splits so that you can slip, slip them up the seam. He's, he just does some really, really, really phenomenal things, man, with his mind and playing the chess game of football. And um, he, he allows himself to be in position to make big plays. And then he just has a really great body type. You know, when I say that, when I say great body type, he has, you know, his arms are long enough to make the, the you know, the, the catches away from his body, and he got phenomenal hands, and, and he just does a great, t- a great job of being able to use his long stride to be deceptive enough to be able to pull away from people. You don't think he's as fast as he is, and then the next thing you know, you, you struggling with all your might to try to catch up. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's a freak, man. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Dan Wilcox is with us here on GCR Believe Podcast, talking some Ravens. Dan, you brought up something about the Bengals that I, you know, look. I know there's a lot of people today that are like, oh, they're out there celebrating beating a, a C level roster. But the point that you made, I think, is I, what, what, whoever they were playing against against the Ravens on Sunday, we know the Bengals are gonna be a threat for a while um, in this division, and this sets up that this could be a decade that's that's a really fun back and forth between these two teams because that kid, that quarterback, Joe Burrow is good like he's just flat good and and you know if, I don't know if they can keep all three receivers around him for the entire time I don't know if they can keep all of Boyd and Higgins and Chase but Higgins and Chase in particular they look special man like I, you know whoever they did it against on Sunday you know whatever I, just on paper and knowing what they did early in the season it's pretty obvious they're going to be a problem for the Ravens for a long time to come I mean, absolutely. You know, that's the that's the, the the biggest issue with this league, right? Is it's it's salary cap. You know, you can't afford to keep everybody, and everybody wants their payday. Everybody knows they they don't get a chance to play this game forever. You know, they got a very small window to be able to make a, as much money as they possibly can. 
And it's hard to talk somebody out of making fifty million, you know, and, and only taking ten million. You know, like why would you do that? You know, why would you even want to put somebody's family in that situation, right? You know, but it's gonna be hard to keep those three guys, you know, but as long as they got them on the field together in the same contract, man, they they're gonna be a hard team to beat. You know, and they're gonna only continue to get better, you know, they're gonna to continue to get better as the confidence builds. <clears throat> and that's what it really comes down to in this league anyway. Everything is a confidence situation. You know, if you really, if you really, really, really have your confidence at an all-time high, you're an elite player in this league. And uh, the problem is when you got guys that have never played before, like the Ravens are starting all these guys that nobody never really heard of. <clears throat> when you got guys like that, a lot of times they've been on the practice squad or they've been just practice guys and they haven't really had a chance to make a real name for themselves in this league and that confidence level isn't where it, is, where it should be. You know, even though they are elite players and they're elite athletes, they got the ability to go out here and make plays. Confidence sets you apart from everything. It's like talking to the cute girl at the bar. You know, all of us could talk to her, but only one or two of us may have the confidence to approach her. You know, and the ones that approach her, one of them may actually get her phone number and be able to date her later. But the ones that don't, they never, they never ever get a chance. They never ever take the shot, and they, they always seem to lose. You know, so. The more these guys build their confidence up, the, the more they go out here and play, and the more they know that they can, they can be a part of this league and they can make plays in this league, they will get better. And eventually, you know, some of these guys that the Ravens are playing right now are going to be big-time players as well in this league. Damn, we, we saw what Joe Burrow did to the Ravens secondary on Sunday. 525 yards, four touchdowns. It was video game numbers. He was still right. throwing the ball down the field up 20 late in the fourth quarter. Is that something that the, the you've played in the NFL a number of years? Is that something that the team remembers going into the next year? You got to play the Bengals again twice next year. Is that something that they remember and they're like, "Hey, we remember you did this and we got something for you"? Absolutely. I mean, you never forget that. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I mean, the bad thing about it is they beat us early. They beat us early in the year, and when they beat us early in the year, we still had a lot of our, our good guys on the field, our best guys. You know, and then they come and do the exact same thing to your backups. The worst, I guess the worst part about the whole situation, because right? it's, it's, it is a sensitive league. It's a sensitive sport. You know, it's an ego sport. It's a, you know, you, you did something to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it better to you when I get my opportunity to do it better to you. You know, but the Ravens don't beat up on the Bengals plenty of times before. You know, it's no big deal. You can't be mad at the coach for, you know, for allowing his player to be great. Joe Burrow got a chance to break a record that's been set you know, a long time ago. I mean, he's talking about Warren Moon is in the picture and this stuff. Man, I'm looking at this. I'm like, what? Warren Moon? Like, I ain't heard Warren Moon in so long. You know, so for him to be able to tie a record that Warren Moon did, you know, you got to give your you got to give your guy that opportunity if you're a head coach. I've always told myself if I was a head coach, you know, I'm not going to hold my players back. And this was an opportunity for the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals not to hold one of his players back, allow one of his players to be great and to go chase a record that, that he had an opportunity to chase. No matter who was on the field, it was still an NFL team, you know, playing against another NFL team, you know. And that's all that's going to be shown in the stats. It was against the Baltimore right. Ravens. He put up right. 525 yards passing. When you look at this thing 10, 20 years from now, nobody's going to know that the Ravens were COVID ridiculed and freaking all, all the players were hurt. At the end of the day, it was the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He got a chance to put up 525 passing yards. And he did just that. And it could have been worse than that. You know, it could have been even more. He could have put up even more, you know. And, you know, um, I, I'm not I'm not mad at the decision. You know, at the same time, it's a gutsy call. 
I appreciate the coach giving this player an opportunity to be great. To be great. I also understand that he put his, he put his player at jeopardy as well because it is the Baltimore Ravens. You know, hell, these guys do get paid the same way, and and these guys have have egos and stuff too. They could have easily, you know, really hurt Joe Burrow at the end of that game. So you got to be smart too at the same time by the coach. So. He is Dan Wilcox. Of course, uh, he and a buddy Bo Smolka on the Believe Podcast Network every week talking Ravens. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Wilcox. And you want to tell everybody about uh, your business, what it is that you do, bro? Well, right now I'm, I'm in Atlanta and I'm, I'm, I'm designing and building houses. So I have a company called Wilcox Custom Homes, and we're doing everything we can to just try to change people's lives. We want to give people a better way of living and a better opportunity, so... You know, the ultimate goal is to be able to build houses for families and stuff, and and put them in and put them into a Wilcox custom home and and change their lives forever. I love know, that. So. I love that, yeah. man. That's tremendous. Dan Wilcox, my friend. It's always great to check check in with you, bro. Um, again, happy New Year. Hope you and your family are safe and healthy. I know it's a tough time for everybody, but best to you as always, sir. And let's check catch up again real soon. All right. No doubt. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dan Wilcox, former Ravens tight end. Uh, love that dude. One of my favorite people. Always has been. Hey, uh, Stan, the fans taking the week off. Well-deserved uh, break from his regular shows. They will be back next week, starting on Monday. He and Ross Grimms will be back talking some baseball with you every Monday night in 2022. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video the next day if you miss it. Kyle Andrews is here. I want to talk more about that because we didn't, you know, we didn't do any Ravens talk yesterday. We did the drunken show. I talked about it with Reed on the post game show, but it still somehow lingered as a discussion point through yesterday. Um, in part because it seems like, frankly, the media is trying to make it a thing. Um, so we're going to talk about that. What happened at the end of the game? We come back in. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> The latest issue of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bird, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality pro via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. <laughs> I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. 
The next time you change lanes when driving, remember, because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer Day. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. The final Pressbox Fantasy Football show of the season is coming up this Thursday morning. We will be with you at 1130 a.m. KZ. We'll set your lineups for championship week. I will not be participating uh, in any championship matchups myself. What it is, Alvin Kamara came up just short of the 50 points that I needed from him last night. Just short. I think he finished with, what, five? So, yeah, just just shy I, of that number. I got less than four points from Rob Gronkowski and James Robinson, so I'm on well, the yeah, outside the James, looking in. The James Robinson really killed me. I mean, yeah. Alvin Kamara killed me as well. My God, what an abomination that was. I, you know, by the way, the Fantasy Show is brought to you by CCBC, Glory Days Grill, and uh, also our friends at the Maryland Department of Transportation. We've been doing it all season long. Final show of the year this Thursday morning at 1130 a.m. Kyle Andrews is here in studio with us. I, I saw some voices last night. Peter King was among them. There were more voices that spoke up about the this. It's wrong for the NFL to put this type of product on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and and I get it. Like the the offensive line was as much a problem as Ian Book was, but like Ian Book clearly is not an NFL quarterback in any way. Um, and 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 there is no real solution for what you do about it, right? Short of pausing the season, and it's pretty clear they don't want to move the Super Bowl. Like, they have, unlike a year ago where I didn't understand why they didn't want to move the Super Bowl, I'm like, yo, th- you can only have, like, 10,000 people in there anyway. Like, just move the Super Bowl a week back if you need to. This year, it appears like they are hell-bent. We got a full stadium. We're It's it's on. Like, we're doing a Super Bowl. Now, I don't think, I think a lot of the, not a lot, I think there will be some activities around the Super Bowl that will be canceled. I've said all along, I don't think there's a chance in hell there's going to be a Pro Bowl this no year. I don't, like, I don't, it's almost a joke to me that they're still talking about it. Um, but I, I am, I'm flummoxed by what you do while I understand the point watching certain games. This is not, it's XFL. It's the stuff that we don't want. We have made it very clear in America. There is this belief that we love football so much. We'll always watch football. We've made it abundantly clear. Every time you try a secondary football league, that's not true. We will not watch the – some people will, but not in droves, not enough to sustain. God bless Dwayne Johnson. I wish him well. I love the man. But the XFL is not going to work. The, the, the AAF is never going to work to actually be a moneymaker. It can exist for the sake of existing, like if you want to lose money on it or never actually make any money. But secondary football leagues will never be sustainable in America. We've made it – we've got way too much of a track record here. We know we like one thing in this country, the NFL and college football. That's what we like. We don't like anything else. 
And frankly, the re- college football is our secondary league, right? Like it's it's where you go to watch the guys are going to be in the NFL at some point. So there is a problem. Like that last night was painful to watch. I don't know how anybody in Miami. I guess you feel good today because Miami has been playing well otherwise. But like Miami didn't play well last night. They just happened to be facing a a, a D league roster. You know, like they happened to get away with it. I don't know what you do to solve the problem. I don't know that there's an answer to it. The answer, unfortunately, is probably canceling games when you get to a certain number of players that are out. But nobody wants to do that because nobody gets paid. Mm-hmm. So the point is is well taken, right? Like I get it. That that was a a chore to watch that football game last night. It was painful. It's painful to look at the secondary the Ravens are putting on the field, right? Like it's painful. But I don't. I don't know that there's an alternative. I really don't, other than to just say the NFL, look, man, we want to play the games. We can't – we're not postponing anything else because we don't have any time to play it and still play the Super Bowl the weekend that we want to play the Super Bowl. And we're in this weird place where the world isn't shutting down outside of the NFL, so they can't say to all these businesses, well, you got to change your plans too. Like – Everybody, for the most part, is kind of taking a business-as-usual approach, despite the fact that we know business, it ain't business-as-usual. But it's, man, it's bad. It's so, and I get it, some teams are just bad because they're bad. You know, like the Jaguar, what, last night, that game, probably reminded a lot of Jaguars fans of watching September football for a lot of years, right? Detroit Lions fans are like, yeah, we know all about that. We don't, we don't feel bad for the New Orleans Saints. We don't feel bad for anybody else. These aren't NFL players. These are... These are guys that shouldn't be doing this. This is it's like watching replace it's the replacements. Yeah. Shane Falco is going to come s- streaming out of the tunnel at some point. Like it's it's that bad. These these guys can't do it. And it reminds you of how good you got to be in order to play in this league. Like mm. you got to be a special kind of good in order to be in the National Football League. Well, and that's why like we were talking during the break about my dad getting so upset about the Ravens. And you have to go into these games when you when half your team is on IR and the other half your team is in COVID protocols. You have to go into these games like any good football we get is a bonus because otherwise yeah. it's, it's an exercise in futility. And that's why like I get so mad at him because what are you expecting? These guys would not be in the league. They yes. might not even be on the practice squad. Yep. If if there's no injuries and no COVID. I mean, I. Daryl Worley technically has been – he's not – weird. He's actually technically a professional football player. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be. He's terrible. My God, he's bad. He might be a nice guy. I'm not trying to take shots at Daryl Worley. Holy crap, he can't play. But he actually has more of a track record than some of the other guys that they've put out there to play football. It's so bad. It's so bad. I've, I've heard uh, people say that this is why the NFL th- – this is an argument that came up, that this is why the NFL should be running a concurrent G League type of concept. That the NFL should should try to partner with the XFL, run the XFL at the same time, mm-hmm. so that in season there are guys playing football. That if you need somebody, if you end up in a... It, by the way, before COVID, the Ravens were already in an extreme injury situation, right. particularly in the secondary. That if you find yourself in this place, you can call someone who is currently playing professional football somewhere. That you're not just picking somebody up off the street that you're not like that there is a league somewhere where guys are playing some of them might be playing quite well and you can go get one of those players makes sense it makes some sense they should they should do it just for the sole fact that offensive line play i mean one 
this is one thing that I think people need to understand is that during the off season, for for instance, I mean, you only have so many OTAs. They've cut down on how much hitting guys can do during uh, camp and everything and throughout the season. And as an offensive lineman, you need that. You know, you need those actual in-game reps. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, the offensive line play, I think, has been the most egregious that it's been in years. And that's saying something because it's gotten progressively worse each season. But this season has just been because none of the starters are there. Right. You have a lot of COVID going on. You have injuries, of course. I mean – well, that, I mean, that was an abomination. The Saints offensive line was obviously an abomination yes. last night. And they need, I think if you have a league running concurrently, you know, you get those replacement offensive linemen, I, they get some the, reps. The issue that I, I have, like, help. the competition they're going up against is other guys that aren't NFL players. Well, I, under, is the, is, I, I don't really that. know that you're finding someone in that league that can come in and help you. Do I think it's... It'll make them better. I think reps make you ultimately better. Probably, but like you're already I, most of these teams are going to sign a guy off their own practice squad before they're going to sign a guy from that league too. Well, you know if, what I mean? If the guys on their practice squad, like like an NBA G League situation where yeah. some of the guys are on your team, you if you're not going to play, you send them to play in it. Yes. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the teams would say about that. I don't know. If 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 you're Eric DeCosta and John Harbaugh, I don't know if you think it's more valuable those guys are in your building practicing with your guys every day versus being somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I I, I don't know what their response to that would be, and maybe it's you know you you pick whichever guys are not going to be active on a Sunday, you choose that and you send them to participate in the game somewhere. But that's that's a tough thing to do. I I don't know. I just don't know what the answer is to that question. Um, and obviously. It's a pandemic, man. Like it's. Hopefully, these won't be problems two years from now. Hopefully, there won't be problems next year. Not this this extreme, obviously. Hopefully, that won't be the case. Um, as far as the the Bengals thing, and I addressed this on Sunday's show on the post game show, and I'll address it again because the, people were still like somebody was going at you know they were asking John Harbaugh about it yesterday, trying to make him. The media is, of course, and I look, man, I'm not trying. This is not all media. I want to make that very clear. There are people that do their jobs quite well, but we can't lie about certain things. If it was really good business for us in Baltimore when there was a fight between John Harbaugh and Vic Fangio a couple weeks ago, it created a lot more interest, a lot more page views, a lot more clicks. It made our job easier because there was a topic to discuss instead of having to talk about a lopsided football game. If there could be a fight between John Harbaugh and Zach Taylor, that would be good for business. There clearly isn't. No matter how bad Mike Florio tried to make it that way, and Mike Florio's got a litany of issues like that I there I don't dislike Mike Florio. We got along. I used to do some work with Mike Florio years ago. Um but Mike Florio comes from this background. He comes from the page view background. He doesn't come from a journalist background. We've treated him as a journalist, but he comes from the background of, I need to get page views. That's how he started in this business. He was a guy who started a website. Page views were his thing. Um, I, too, you know, kind of thought that John Harbaugh was going to end up saying something dumb on Sunday about Zach Taylor throwing the ball at the end of the game, and I was prepared to say if he does, I'll call him out for that because you did. You, you did you did the stupid thing against the Broncos that you did. But he didn't. That didn't happen. It didn't occur. 
whether privately John Harbaugh really is mad about it and just saying all the right things, I don't care because it's not my concern. He said all the right things. What they're concerned about is what they're concerned about. We don't call their plays. They call their own plays, right? Like he's, we had a, I had a good conversation with Zach Taylor. I respect Zach Taylor. He said all the right things. Zach Taylor was asked about it yesterday. Zach Taylor was very quick. He said, was there any sort of issue between you and John Harbaugh? Zach Taylor said one word, no. And that was the end of it. It's over. There's nothing there. And there wasn't anything there. And I know that we wanted there to be something there because it's good for business if there's something there. It's good for, for us to have a fight because then we can all talk about it and write about it and pick sides and yell and scream about it. But there's nothing there. On Sunday, I said this. If, I'm a, if I cared about the Bengals, if I did radio in Cincinnati, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd be mad at my team. I wouldn't be furious, but I would say, I don't like this. In the same way that after the Broncos thing, I came in and I wrote a column and said, it's not that big of a deal, but I can't justify what the Ravens did at the end of that game. That's not a real record. When the Ravens were chasing this 100-yard thing, I was actually honestly happy that it ended the week after that. Because it doesn't... It mattered so much that literally when we called Rocky Blyer to ask him about it, he didn't know that they had the record. Because no one has ever treated 100 yards rushing as a team like it's a thing. I listened to that show, <laughs> too, it, when, when you guys called him, and it was just like, you know, who who cares, right? It's never been a like, thing. It's not a – I mean, that, that, that one was – I mean, that record is stupid, in my opinion. But if it's an individual record, if, like... If Joe Burrow was... Go- if he if really he had a chance was, to break the single-game yeah. record, I would find it more justifiable to say... And that's sort of what I wrote in the column when I wrote about the rushing thing. The juice better be worth the squeeze. Yeah. Um, Jamal Lewis, when he was going for the single season... Re- remember, the Ravens clinched earlier in the day, that day, because somebody lost. So they had already clinched... This is 2003 that we're talking about. They'd already clinched their playoff spot. They were playing the, the Steelers in a night game on mm-hmm. Sunday night. But whoever it was that lost, I don't remember if it was the Titans, or the, you know, who, somebody lost during the day, and the Ravens had already clinched. This was before the NFL changed the last Sunday night game of the season so that it had to be – that it didn't, wasn't affected by another game. Um, they had already clinched before they took the field on Sunday night. But Brian Billick had said all week, don't care what happens on Sunday. We're going to play our guys – because I can't have them ramp up for a game as if it matters all week and then get to the game and say, yeah, but sorry, you're, you know, all that work you did, throw it out, we're not playing you. And there was a debate about that. What we all knew was Jamal Lewis had a chance to go for a record that. He had a real chance of breaking Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record. And as you remember, ESPN had a camera on Eric Dickerson that night watching the game um, as they were doing the Sunday night broadcast, and Jamal Lewis fell short. He didn't break the record that night. But that was a record that was worth going for. That's a single-season rushing record. And it wouldn't have lasted, obviously, for very long. But at the time, it was a bit, everybody knew who owned the single-season rushing record. For you. It was a real thing. When Jamal Lewis broke the single-game rushing record, it was a big effing deal. Because that was a real record. And if Joe Burrow had been going for a single-game passing record, and if I was in Cincinnati, I would say, okay, that's a real thing. But he wasn't going to break that record. The record's something like 570 yards, if I remember correctly. It was, uh, Norm Van Norm Brocklin, Van Brocklin yeah. right? And the number's like 574, yeah. right? It was something along those yeah, lines. Something insane like and, that. And even with that huge pass, he got to 525. There weren't still 50 yards on the field on that drive for him to get 50 more yards to break the single-game passing record. Had they, had they been able to get that 
you know, that drive, had they been able to complete that previous drive right before the Ravens got the ball back, um, I think. He, yeah, he, he might have, right. He might have had a better chance. He might have. But at the point at which they got there. still half a field, too. He would have had to throw a 50-yard bomb. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the point being, he wasn't going to get to that. Now, their argument is, well, he got over 500, and that's a big deal. Getting over 500 passing yards, not, not a lot of people have done that. Okay, but it ain't worth somebody getting hurt. Uh, this is where Bill Belichick would never do that. It made no sense. You're watching him, and this is a guy who's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. Right. You've, you've got the game in hand. There's really no point except for, for personal glory, and he's standing out there, and he just he's just coming back off a season where the offensive line was so bad that he got sacked and tore no, out the ligament Look, the their offensive line isn't better, but still, yes, you're right. He still gets sacked a lot. And, yeah, one on, like there's no – if I was in Cincinnati, I'd be pissed about it. Mm-hmm. I'd be not pissed. Piss is the wrong thing to say. I would say this is unjustifiable. It's unjustifiable to still have that dude out there at that point in the game throwing the football around. Like it's a risk. If there's a one percent risk, it's a risk that's not worth taking. It's it's honestly the most asinine, asset ten, asset eleven right. thing that you could possibly do is to put your you know just injured quarterback your fran- and your franchise yeah. the guy that, that is your your success yeah. is based on this person and this person alone exactly i mean right. joe burrow is i mean joe burrow is everything that you know people expected him to be out of college they expected him to be box off this kid yep. he's, he's box office he's, 100%. He's a percent talent and you don't want him to get hurt i don't care if he goes out there and tells you i want to go for this right rec- nope 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 i'm nope. not Sorry, and, kid. And maybe that just might be Zach Taylor being a younger coach, too. Well, and a lot of people and say, hey, if, if it matters to the players, you should do it to show them support, right? Yeah. Like, I hear you, but you also, discretion has to be the better part yes. of Valor at some point. At I some point. I don't think Mike Tomlin's doing that. You got to step think, in and say, uh, look, man, we're, it's not, it ain't worth it. It's not, we can do the math on this. We gain nothing, but we could lose a lot. We ain't doing it. We're just not doing it. This isn't. 500 yards, a 500-yard passing day is not its not going to change your life so much that it's worth us taking any sort of risk. That being said, I don't do radio in Cincinnati. I do radio in Baltimore, and in Baltimore, I don't give a rat's ass. I don't know why anyone in Baltimore would care that Joe Burrow was throwing the ball at the end of the game. It affects you in zero ways. I don't think anybody does really care, right? No, there are people that there are, are – no, trust me, there are plenty of people. This is Bush League. This is low oh rent. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, get get I'm gonna, we're going to remember it as a player. And look, that's – Oh, yeah. If players, you're a player, I get it. Players, players find I any – they try to use anything at all they can in order to, yeah. to get a chip I mean, on their Michael shoulder. Michael made up stuff. <laughs> I mean, Facts. you know, you have, to, you have to – And, you know, and Joe Burrow was trying to use Wink Martindale's comments, which were not that big of a deal. And, like, that was what fueled me. Players will always be that. They will yeah. always use anything. To try to motivate themselves. So that part I don't care about. So you're saying Michaeli Calkin got a little bit upset? Who? I mean, Joe Burrow. He looks like Oh, because he looks like All right, not yeah. bad. All right, not bad. Yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, um, <laughs> no, nah, look, man. I just don't. In Baltimore, who gives a rat's ass? Who cares? Why would, what are you, why would you be offended by that? Um, yes, Jeff, it's big boy football. You can do what you want. He's just lucky he didn't get hurt throwing for that's that's the Cincinnati side of things. That's why I wouldn't like it in Cincinnati. But in Baltimore, I don't give an S and I don't know why anyone would. Why would you care what another team is doing at the end of the game? Go play football. That's what you're paid to do. Go play football. Either stop them or don't. That's what your job is. And I get it, these aren't really football players. I know, but they were the ones that were getting paid on Sunday. I cared in the moment. Why? Because you're already getting your teeth kicked in. It, it's it's just adding insult to injury. I don't care now. 
in the moment when you're in the heat of it, you're watching, you're like, what the hell are they doing? And that, that was the extent of me caring, going, what the hell are they doing? That was my caring. Right. You know what I mean? I, as I long as you understand that there's no reason. Like, there's yeah. just no, there is no reason for you to care what another team is like, doing. Like when I gave my dad crap for being so upset, I'm like, this is what was going to happen. The right. Bengals are way healthier. Right. I just, there's no, there is no reason for anyone in Baltimore to care that the Bengals were throwing the football at the end of the game. And I don't get the sense that it's a lot, but there are, that, trust me, I've heard from them. There are people that exist and, Oh, we're going to remember that. You don't play for the team, bro. <laughs> like, you're that, not that's on the team. That's my biggest issue. That, that's literally my biggest issue is that so many people who have never, like, a lot of these people, and no offense to people who have never played, right. like, football in their lives, because some people know just as much about the game as a person that would have played football, yeah. but for God's sake, like, it's not that big of a deal. Settle down. It's it is just, not that. It's a game. Right. You don't play for the team. You are not involved in the game whatsoever. If Patrick Queen wants to be pissed off about it to try to, you know, get him fired up for the, and I don't, I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm just picking a name. If he wants to be pissed off about it to try to fire him up for the next time, they maybe they play in the postseason, right? Like, it's possible they can end up matching up in the postseason. God bless, right? Go allow yourself to be fired up by whatever you want to fire up about. But if you're Steve Stevenson sitting in Pikesville today and you're mad about, get a hold of your life. Like, there is, who cares? Get you! I keep saying that. Seek help. This isn't something that you should have any concern about whatsoever. Again, if it's your own team, and it could impact, I have no problem with you saying I don't have. I don't like my own team doing. I didn't like it when the Ravens ran the ball at the end of the game against the Broncos because they were risking injury to gain nothing. I didn't like it. I know it's not that big of a deal, and I said that then. It's not a somebody should be fired over it or something like that. I just. It was unjustifiable, and I have no problem saying that about my own team. But another team, who cares? Oh, in 2019, when the Ravens were blowing everybody's doors off and Lamar sat out like a, a full game's worth of quarters because they were up so big, they would still have him in the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter up by 25 points. Right. And I'd be sitting there like, why is he on the field? Like, Yeah, I, and there's I, at some point you have to respect the fact that it's the NFL. And mm-hmm. like, and, and I, I would always have to have these conversations. Like, We all want to, we want to live in a world where you can just take your players out in the third quarter as if it's not the NFL where teams can score a lot of points in a short amount of right. time. We all know it's not. It's, it's the thing that people were trying to do after the, the Broncos game where John Harbaugh, and this was where John Harbaugh was, was way off base. Him trying to compare Vic Fangio throwing the ball down 16 points to what they did was nonsense. You're not supposed to give up. It was extraordinarily unlikely the Broncos were going to score a touchdown, get the two-point conversion, convert the onside kick, throw a Hail Mary, and get another two-point conversion. But they still had to try. Right. They weren't doing anything in garbage time. They were still trying to win. You were not. You were doing something else. Vic Fangio was way out of line. I want to make that very clear. Vic Fangio was way out of line. I mean, it was absurd. It was ridiculous. Worrying about what the other team is doing, get out of here. Your team is what you worry about. You worry about your team um, and what they're doing. And because of that, I didn't like what the Ravens did. But all that being said, like all that being said, we all want to believe that you can pull your quarterback in the third quarter of a football game because you're up by a bunch of points. You can't do that because it's the NFL and goofy things can happen, and suddenly a team can get a luck, uh, you know, a luck sack bouncing ball that turns into a 75-yard touchdown, and they can convert an onside kick if they want to go for an onside kick. And all of a sudden, a game that's a 28-point game could be a two-score game, and there's still an entire quarter to play. You can't just give up. 
like trying to compare it to the Ravens playing Lamar Jackson. Now, there is a point at which, undoubtedly, mathematically, quarterbacks don't need to be in games any longer. Mm. Like, when you get to the point where there's like four minutes left and you're up by four scores, you don't need to have your quarterback in the game any longer. But we can't, you can't pull a quarterback at the beginning of the fourth quarter just because you want it to be. The other team hasn't agreed to give up two. Now, you can work something out. Like, you call, hey, you guys agree to give up for the next? You'll just tie in the. Okay, cool. If you can work that out, God, God bless. But it doesn't work that way in the NFL. The other team's going to keep trying. So you have to leave the guys in to make sure that the game is over. We operate because something is unlikely. That means it's impossible. And it's not. It's not impossible. We all know that because we watch crazy things happen in football games yep, sometimes. The miracle at the Meadowlands. Those example. things happen. Unexpected <laughs> things occur in football games. Like, they, it does. Um, there was a game in, like, a high school game in Arizona this year where a team was down by 17 with a minute to play and won the football game. Now, it's a high school game. I get it. Like, I'm not trying to compare the high school to the NFL, but the point is these things, onside kicks can occur. The Ravens converted an onside kick two weeks ago and had a chance to steal a football game because of it. Like, it's the NFL. You can do it. So you have to recognize that. Joe Burrow bitching about uh, The Ravens do this all the time. What does that even mean? Like, it. Why are you worried about the other team? Let them do what they're going to do. You go do what you're going to do. Worry about you. I know uh, one of the Ravens' employees was getting after Joe Burrow because of it. Who was it? Ryan Mink, I think, um, was mad about what Joe Burrow said. Joe Burrow said, let me pull this up real quick. Joe Burrow said, this is the NFL. This isn't peewee. This isn't high school where you go out and run up the score. You play until the final whistle. They did it to us last year. No sympathy from me. And Ryan Mink's point was, actually, the Ravens didn't do the same thing last year in their 38-3 win in Week 17 in Cincy. Baltimore led 17-3 at the half. On the next three touchdown drives, the Ravens had 13 runs to four passes. Then the Ravens yanked Lamar and put in Huntley for the entire fourth quarter just to be accurate. Great. Well, I don't really care about it on either side of things, right? I don't really care about it either way. But if you're Joe Burrow, man, like, you don't have to defend yourself. You don't. If you are if you're okay with it, if you're okay with the risk of you getting hurt, you just say that. The first part of that stands. This is the NFL. These guys are getting paid. There are paychecks coming in. These guys won't be getting a lot of them. The guys that play for the Ravens won't be getting a lot of paychecks. This will be the end. <laughs> They'll get another couple weeks worth of paychecks, and then there probably will never never be another paycheck coming their way in the National Football League. But they are getting paid for what they're going through on Sunday. They're gonna get a check. For and Daryl Worley was making his business decisions as the game went on. He was like, "Eh, I could go try to tackle this guy, but I could also just not do that and stand four yards off of him and hope that he runs out of bounds. That's something I could choose to do too." I mean, if if Rudy was a movie, <laughs> Man, I mean, these guys should get you know some book deal or something, right? And, right, uh, just for you know, just parlay that into yeah, a book deal. They get to tell movie. everybody, "I got to play in the NFL." I got to. I was doing. A, we we're talking about that last week of the NBA. It'll be a comedy though. There are guys that are gonna get to say they were NBA players right now that have no business ever saying that they were NBA players. That that's, are gonna. That's why I wish I was maybe about four inches taller. Maybe I could have. You know, this is a guy who's six ball. seven who's complaining yeah. that he's not tall hey, enough. I, I, I'm five seven. Right. I, I wish I was four inches tall. Look, you I, don't get I, to do that. If I was if I was four inches taller, maybe I'd be. Uh, you know, I'd fill the PJ Tucker role a little bit. You know, play <laughs> defense and uh, occasionally shoot threes <laughs> and block shots. You know. All right. Um, hey, if you've picked up the best of press uh, issue of Press Box yet, it's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. 
or read it all pressboxonline.com slash best of including our Mo Gabba sports person of the year Justin Tucker on the cover we'll come back in get a tidbit tubular to wrap it up it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Hey, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Cold weather has arrived, and that means one thing, higher energy bills. But the good news is that Window Nation is here to help. For a limited time, get 50% off all style windows, bays, bows, double hung, and sliders, plus a house of windows for only $99 a month. Rising natural gas prices are affecting everyone, but new Window Nation windows can help. Get 50% off any style window and a house of windows for only only $99 a month. Call Window Nation today at 866-90NATION or go online at windownation.com. That's December only. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. From all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, don't forget, we will have another Project Game Day this Sunday. Uh, KZ will be with me. Uh, obviously, it's an earlier time as the game was moved to 1 o'clock. Who knows? Maybe that helps the Ravens. Who knows? Um, but uh, he'll be with me for the final – no, not the final Project Game Day. I keep forgetting there's an 18-week season this year. Um, the penultimate Project Game Day of the regular season – uh, brought to you all season long by Window Nation, Glory Days Grill, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see you for Project Game Day this coming Sunday. Tidbit brought to you today by Window Nation. 
It's cold. It's what it is. That means energy bills going up. There is help, though. Window Nation wants to help you, but you only have three more days to try to take advantage of this offer. 50% off all style of windows and a house of windows for only $99 a month. Give them a call today, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com. What you got? All right. On Sunday, after not playing in a game since week six, overall garbage human being Antonio Brown recorded 10 receptions for 101 yards in Tampa Bay's 31-6 victory over the Carolina Panthers. It marked the 23rd game in which Brown has recorded at least 10 receptions, breaking a tie with Andre Johnson for the most in NFL history. In addition to Brown and Johnson, 10 other players have at least 15 games with 10-plus receptions. Who are they? Say that one more time. So 10 other players in the history of the NFL, in addition to Brown and Johnson, have at least 15 games with 10-plus receptions. Who are they? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, 17. You can get in. Oh. You, don't, you don't have to wait for me. Michael Irving? No. Yeah, he, wow. was not, he wasn't a bulk yeah, catch guy. That's true. Um, that's why I don't think it's this person either. Um, Art Monk. No. It's a little surprising to me. All these guys are fairly recent players. Fairly recent. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, 17. Uh, is it all wide receivers or can it include tight ends? It's all wide receivers. Okay. Well, no, no, no. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. There is one tight end in here. Tony Gonzalez. Tony That's Gonzalez. I was going to get you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez, right 15. Off my tongue. 15. I was literally about to say Tony Gonzalez. Uh, I almost said something crazy, but I stopped myself before I said it. Um, what? No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, I want to know now. No, it's ridiculous. It's so every- say it. I'm not saying Steve it. Steve Smith. No. Chris Carter. No. Randy Moss. No. Believe yeah. it or not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, it's not, not bulk as bulk much guy, as yeah. Yeah. Tim Brown. No. That's surprising. That would, uh, yeah, yeah, that surprises me too. Um, uh, Doug Baldwin? No. There's one guy on Andre this list. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson, we already said he was the guy who had twenty three. Uh, He's so you're this is you're doing the Kyle bit. I I told you at the beginning. Right, other right, than Brown right, and right, Johnson, right, 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 other than Brown and Johnson. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right, all right. Uh, Heinz Ward, no. Isaac Bruce, no. Tory Holt, no. Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne, fifteen. Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, sixteen. A lot of opportunities they threw the ball out. Uh, Anquan Bolden, no. Okay, because I thought maybe earlier on yeah. in his career. Not with the Ravens, though. Uh, T.O. No. Huh. E- Andre Reed. No. Do you, do you guys want to no. hit? No! Wes Welker. Wes Welker, 18. That makes sense. There were a lot of games where you're just throwing the ball to Wes Welker every... Yeah, two two yard passes. Um, all right, how many, how many do we have? You have four left. Jesus. And they're all. You say they're all more modern. Three of them are technically still active. Three of them are. Three of them are active. technically. So still I'll active. go for the one that isn't active. Donald Driver. No. Julio uh, Jones. Julio Jones, nineteen. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Was he the technically or? There's another guy that's technically still active. Technically, but he hasn't still played. Active. Technically still active, but he hasn't played. I don't know. It could be what? Keenan Allen. No. They throw the ball to him a lot, though. It wouldn't have surprised me. Um. He's still active but hasn't played. Still active but hasn't played. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. No. No, he's he's well. He's I mean, really. I mean, he only got hurt two games yeah, ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, technically active, but AJ Green. No. Uh, he's played most. Yeah, of the he's year. still yeah, playing. He's, played, he's yeah, still playing at this also. moment. Who is? Te- 
What am I? Uh, Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas, 18. I mean, he's very much active. Well, yeah, but he hasn't played at all this year. Yeah, I understand. And he didn't play most of last year. Um, and one more that's active. One more that's active. One more that's active. Uh, Odell. No. Tyreek. No. Steph. No. Devontae. Devontae Adams, 18. And then you have one more, and this was the one guy I thought you guys had no shot to get. No shot to get him. So it's random. Machine Muhammad. No. That, that's who I was going to say. Was it really? Yeah, that's, that's exactly who We're both sitting here thinking about Machine Muhammad. Jimmy Smith. No. Keenan McCardle. No. Derek Mason. No. I like that guess, too. Uh, I'm trying to think of random. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Really? How about that? 19. How about that? There you go. Ah, I killed it. You sucked. Way to go, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks for not helping at all. I, was I think if you both, up. if you guess every receiver in the history of the league, ah, from settle down. On. Settle down. I totally <laughs> didn't guess Mark Clayton once, so settle down over there, Chief. <laughs> Fair enough. Tidbit was Yeah, right. <laughs> Tidbit was brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular is brought to you by your Baltimore area Chick Fil A restaurants. Uh, what'd you get? Uh, did you get some minis this morning? Did you yeah. get some minis and some uh, hash browns. God, yeah. I love Chick Fil A chicken minis. Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. So, uh, lots of bowl games today that weren't canceled. Like, this is the only day where there's five bowl games, and none of them at this point have been canceled. Uh, Birmingham Bowl, Houston-Auburn right now on ESPN. Then the first responder bowl at 315. You never miss that. That's Air Force and Louisville. The Liberty Bowl at 645, Mississippi State and Texas Tech. And the Guaranteed Rate Bowl at 1015 between West Virginia and Minnesota. On Fox tonight, the Holiday Bowl between UCLA and NC State at 8. They're playing that at uh, the baseball stadium in San Diego. Because there's no football stadium in San Diego right now, so they're playing that one at the. At, I got Qualcomm at, was getting. Yeah, they blew it up because yeah. they're building a the San Diego State stadium. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's where they're going to play the Holiday Bowl, but it's only like a thirty-five thousand seat stadium. Well, they said they may expand it too eventually. If they could get the NFL yeah. back somehow, well, either that or San Diego State possibly move to a big league. Yeah, to like yeah. the Pac-12 or that's something. Interesting. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, hoops tonight: Maryland and Lehigh on the Big Ten Network at eight thirty. Um, Wizards Heat, 7.30 on NBC Sports Washington and NBA TV. NBA TV also has Nuggets Warriors at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Canadians. Lightning at 7 o'clock. Cody Sharks at 10.30. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! We suck so much right now. Um, and there's soccer all day on NBCSN. Um, it, it, it's like this week there's a lot of soccer matches. Right now, uh, getting ready for Leeds United and Aston Villa at, and then Leicester City and Liverpool at 2.55. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. This very slim. Pickens yeah. tonight. holiday week. Um, a lot of like best ofs for the year this week. Yeah. That's on, the type oh, of programming they do. On MTV, you have two new episodes of Ridiculousness at 8 and 8.30. On Investigation Discovery, Murder in the Heartland at 9 and Death of a Cheerleader at 10. Hell yeah. On the History Channel, The Curse of Oak Island, Drilling Down at 9 and Great Escapes with Morgan Freeman at 10. I have I have not had a chance to watch Letterkenny yet, so you know, I'm hoping to spend my evening with the you, boys. Have you guys got any new shows in recently? Uh, I, I just new, finished, a, finished one of them. Trying to think of what. I just, no, nah, nothing new, really. I've been watching Yellowstone 1883. I just finished I, I True Story. Uh, I, I watched The Harder They Fall. That was a good one. What is West, that? It's like a Western, but like Lakeith Stanfield's Ooh. in it. Idris Elba's in it. All right. Uh, who else? Um, I saw Jonathan that. Jonathan Majors. You know what yeah. I just finally watched? It's a really good one. I, just, I saw 
previous. I thought that was a movie though. Is yeah, it, it's is a it, movie. It's oh, on it? Netflix. Yeah, it's it's really good though. I watched that and I watched uh, Freed on HBO Max. And okay. so Freed's set in the 1980s. It's set in like 88 or something. And so it follows. Uh, it's this comedian uh, Sarah Sarah Kendall who actually does the show. Okay, she's Australian. So they um. She takes like her family from Australia to well, no, from London to Australia. Huh. So I mean, it's a really interesting right. show. All it's right. funny. Right. It's a comedy. That's it's kind of a dark comedy, though. I finally uh, watched Judas and the Black Messiah over uh, yes. the break. Uh, it's really good. It's just I didn't. I honestly, God, didn't know the story. Like oh, really? I didn't know yeah. the story at all. And I was like, man, this is effed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it, I didn't like, know. Yeah, I. You know, I. It was interesting to me because. I'm like, man, I'm surprised no one ever made a movie about this. Right? Like, it's or, crazy. Or like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the, the move bomb in 1985. I'm, I'm familiar, yeah, yes. That's another one I'm kind of surprised that they haven't made yeah, something yeah. about because that was nuts. recent. Nuts. That was like, you know, nine years before I was born. That's insane. I am. Uh, I finally saw Spider-Man on Sunday night. It took me 10 days to see Spider-Man. Finally Did saw it on Sunday it? night. Oh, of course I love oh, it. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's, it, won't, it won't hold a candle to whenever the X-Men come to the MCU. So. Well, I mean, if you, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about the first of the two post-credit scenes. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about it. Yes, I wish, too. you know what I got to be honest about? I don't, I like Doctor Strange and like, I'm cool. I do not care about Doctor Strange the way the Marvel Universe wants me to care about Doctor Neither Strange. Well, like they a, want Doctor Strange device, so. that, but that's essentially what I think yeah. he is. I think he is this. They want, but they want him to be the central focus. Yeah, he's like the new Iron Man, essentially, right? Yeah. And I'm not okay with that because I don't. You have not made me care about him. The reason why we liked Iron Man is because we liked the human side of Tony Stark. Right, like that was what they did so well. Doctor Strange, it's it's too much magic for me, and not enough human there. Well, I like I liked all of the. I mean, well, to be fair, I liked a lot of the MCU stuff, but uh, I mean, you know, Daredevil, of course, was like one of my favorite Ooh, yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, but um, Loki, I loved Loki, and that was very magical. I just, stuff the, and I'm like, telling you, the sci-fi is the, my least favorite part of all superheroes. Oh, I, I I'm not that. a sci-fi I'm guy. A I'm just not a sci-fi guy. guy. So I'm whenever not, we I'm go, not really into like magic stuff. Like I don't, I don't like all the what well, usually. Yeah. However, I will say I do like Doctor Strange. I didn't like. I don't like him as much as I like the Iron Man, of course. It's nothing. I, I mean, I, it's not the same. You're going from one Sherlock Holmes to another Sherlock right. Holmes, but this Sherlock Holmes is a totally. You know, correct. Different Sherlock. I just want <laughs> I want less sci-fi in my superhero movies. That's why I've like this. What I think that Marvel did so well is they made them more approachable for those of us that aren't sci-fi fans. That's what I thought they did so well, and so I want less sci-fi. Kyle Andrews. Oh, hang on. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. Always a great place to hang out, watch, and bet on the game. Sports fans, the wait is over. You can get the FanDuel Sportsbook in Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks. Watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Sir, what can I plug for you? Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at KyleJAndrews underscore. Um, you can also go to Center Daily on uh, centerdaily.com. That's uh, Center Daily Times. That's who I write for. I cover Penn State. It's the French football. spelling of center, yes. correct? Yeah. I thought it was the, well, yeah. C-N-T-R-E. Yeah. yeah. And then um, 
you know, we so another person, I'll also plug him because he's a main Penn State beat reporter, but uh John Sauber, that's J O N S A U B E R. That's, uh, you know, my buddy that covers Penn State up there for uh, Center Daily Times. He's a beat reporter. So if you want to follow his, his stuff, follow him as well. Um, we do a podcast together. It's called The Lion's Lair. Um, we don't have a Twitter for that, but you could just look it up online. Go on centerdaily.com. Cool. And, uh, and it'll be on there. Very so, cool, man. Yeah. Love you. It's great to see you. Glad you came in and hung out with us this week. Uh, Happy New Year, my friend. And you continue to make us proud. Oh, right? yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks also today to uh, Dan Wilcox as well as to Patrick Stevens. We'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the show, uh, uh, speaking of friends, Jake Luke is going to come in and hang out with us in the Baltimore Beatdown and Baltimore Beatdown podcast. He's going to sit in on tomorrow's show. Um, we're hoping to catch up with Sam Acho. He's doing the, the Pinstripe Bowl for ESPN. Of course, that's tomorrow afternoon, Maryland playing Virginia Tech and stuff and things as always coming up on the program tomorrow. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Window Nation, ExxonMobil, Toyota, uh, sorry, let me get the list right, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Uh, oh, and by the way, John, I do. I love the Hawkeye series. It's been great. Yes, I've, it's been tremendous. It's been excellent. All of those series, honestly, have been excellent. All four of them they've done. Also, on we Plus. stand Kate Bishop around here. So, which one is Kate Bishop? She's the uh, she's Hawkeye's like protege. That's uh, is Haley that Steinfeld? That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, yeah. uh, but that's the character. Yeah, it's Kate Bishop. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I just like I'm like I know that's not. And then the other girl is Florence Pugh, yes. correct? Yeah, big fan, big fan. Did we do Ty Spouser? No, it's, well, I'll tell you about that. Don't, okay. not, not for on air. All right, uh, thanks to uh, everybody. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Maryland. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.